Welcome to Nintendo Dads episode 290, recorded on July 30th, 2020. On tonight's episode, fireworks, dreams, and backups in Animal Crossing Summer Update number two, bug fixes and patches, Pokemon Go news, Sega Dads returns to announce the latest Sega news, parent topic and your questions. Who says we don't have much to talk about? Jesse, cue the music. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Marty here from Nintendo Dads, and this is episode 290. We're recording live tonight. It is July the 30th, and uh, three-fourths of us are live from America, where we're first in your hearts and first in coronavirus. Uh, as Tim said, there's a ton to talk about tonight. Uh, unlike what I said earlier, which there is not, and I still maintain there's nothing to talk about, because good Lord, everyone, Nintendo's burning down around us, don't you know? Uh, but we're going to sort through all of that and much more. Joining us on the show tonight, all the way from jolly old England, man, it is good to see Gary Gray. How you doing, buddy? Morty, governor. I'm all right. How are you guys? <laughs> I'm not, just like, this finally proves that you and I are not the same person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're on the show together. Uh, and I think Tim said one time it had been like since he joined the show that like we, you and I and him had never been on a show together. Uh, and, you know, it w- would have been, I mean, we would have had everybody here if Justin had actually stuck around. Earlier, he just popped in to show his webcam off and his newly shaven face, uh, which you guys will get to see at some point, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, Gary, man, it's good to have you back. Um, it's good to good to have you. And, and for those of you who maybe, maybe you're new Nintendo Dads listeners, Gary is up at like four o'clock in the morning to get the show on the road. And so we appreciate him uh, setting the alarm and making some coffee this morning or tea, whichever one you prefer. Yeah, or maybe something I, I, stronger. Which do you prefer? I, I always turn up when there's absolutely no news just to sort of, just, just to pan out the podcast a little bit, you know, make it so there's an extra voice so that we can prolong it to three hours. Sure, sure. I mean, because why not? I mean, people are already listening to the two-hour version, so uh, they might as well listen to the three-hour version. Speaking of uh, speaking of extended versions, Tim Off, all the way from uh, Michigan. How's it going? I'm doing awesome. Another. I got uh, it right. Did you see that? Yes, you did. Thank you very I much. Almost said Minnesota, just to bother you. I'm feeling good, just pretty saying. good for this week. It's, you know, at the end of the week, I always get to talk to you guys and talk about stuff that nobody in my household wants to hear me talk about. So this is awesome. <laughs> right? We are, we are the blunt honesty dads today. I like it. Hey, like, you know, like, Tim is just over here revealing that basically whenever he talks about anything he likes, everybody in his house just goes, oh, my God. They're like, oh, Not go, again. Go talk, to, go talk to the Nintendo dads. They'll listen. Oh, Tim, please just go in the basement and talk about Nintendo. <laughs> Why don't hey. you just go talk to your little friends? Go call them on your internet. Go talk to your buddies. Uh, and yeah, so Last Tim, you doing okay? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I, man, I look, I'm good. I'm good. I've had coffee. Uh, there's gnats buzzing around in my office for some reason, and I've killed like five of them. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what. Uh, Net, Netflix released a brand new Transformers animated series today. Nice. 
And anybody who gets I, to hear the pre-show, you're going to hear a lot about that because we were talking. Yeah, a lot you're going to hear a lot about Transformers because uh, apparently dads. we're starting a new podcast. We're starting Transformation Dads. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> we're not calling it Trans Dads like the guys over at Dads After Dark wanted us to. Because uh, <laughs> that's something else. That is something else entirely. Oh, I've killed Tim. <laughs> He's leaving. Speaking of killing Tim, Jesse Waldack. Uh, man, how are you? Good. And uh, with with my kids being a little older, uh, um, it's it. I take an ex- extra enjoyment in embarrassing them. So especially when we're out in public, and some some so for some reason, I'm able to give Nintendo Dance a plug. I show the back of my phone, and my kids are just like, "Oh no, not again!" Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you know I'm on a podcast? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, see, my youngest still is happy that I do this because he always says, every time I do this, he's like, Sammy, he always tells you guys hi. He wants to say hi, hi Sammy. Hi, Sammy. Uh, Chat says dad formers. My son, son, who has a YouTube channel with 45 subscribers, uh, told me this week, he's like, hey, dad, next time on my video, I'll give you a shout out. I'll give Nintendo Dad a shout out on my video. That's right. I was like, yeah. So, so, uh, no, seriously, I'm going to do that real quick. If, if y'all don't mind, Red Warrior Network, that's my son's, uh, gaming channel. He, all he does is play, uh, Fortnite and, um, some, some Minecraft and, uh, Roblox Arsenal. That's all he does. I'm sorry. Uh, but he would love, he would love a sub. And, uh, like our wonderful friend of the show, Dan Caparello, who is on the Dad Crossing, uh, show uh one of the hosts there uh he did some some artwork for him uh did his logo and banner and everything it just looks super good uh if you if you're in need of custom artwork for your brand or anything uh hit him up block fort gaming uh on twitter uh he will be glad to help you and hey he's also starting a retro game store which is really cool uh so go wait. check him out can't wait till that opens what? up I know, I know. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna spend too much money. He's gonna be out of uh, stock. <laughs> he's gonna. He told me on the download that I get a discount, and you guys don't. But that's okay. Uh, anyway, speaking speaking of things that are okay, we do have a little bit of news tonight to talk about, and so uh, why don't we get right into that, shall we? Our news each week is brought to you uh, by you guys, uh, the supporters of Nintendo Dads over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can become part of the world's greatest Discord community and get to chat with us and chat with other people who listen to the show, participate in monthly mayhem, uh, and on up from that to get some cool rewards and other things like pre and post show audio, where we talk about Transformers and movies we're watching and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, it's, it's usually a pretty good time unless it's like after the show and then it's just Jesse doing the art and me and Tim trying not to fall asleep. That's not wrong. It, it, it is. It, <laughs> right. I, I just wanted to prepare them. I didn't want them to be too let down when they got there. All right. Or you could for $30 a month, you could jump in and be a Patreon producer of the show and get to come on the show. You get to come on the show and you get to be here for a whole show, suggest a segment do all that. So if you're listening and you're a Patreon producer, uh, know that w- emails are going out from Patreon this week to contact you about your next time slot on the show. We can't wait to get you guys back on here. And so uh, just know those are coming soon and we want you to be a part of that. Uh, by the way, I want to I want to give a quick plug here uh, for this month's monthly mayhem. 
that you can participate in over on the Discord. Monthly Mayhem is a way uh, that we play games together for prizes. You can win uh, either a $10 or a $15 credit on the eShop. And right now, Tim, tell us what two games are we playing this month for Monthly Mayhem? Because it's two. It's not just one. Yes, you have the choice of playing either Paper Mario, the new Paper Mario game, or DKC, the Donkey Kong Country, which is on the Nintendo Switch Online yep. um, app. Well, you can Switch. and you can do it there, or you can do it there, or you can do it on the the Super Nintendo Classic, or you can classic, do it on your yes. original Super Nintendo. Any way you can play it, people can play it. Any way you can play it, you just got to be you got to be sure you can take pictures of it. We have so people playing the original cartridge on their SNES, so. Yeah, yeah. Those pictures. probably, probably Dan. Dan's probably doing it that way, which is the best way to do it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, if you, I guess if you have the Super Nintendo controller for the the Switch, you can play it that way and, and get the authentic experience. I, it really gives me hope that Donkey Kong Country Two is coming to the Switch because that's my favorite one out of all of them. So. We'll that's, see. That's the hopes, right? But anyway, you can jump into Monthly Mayhem. And again, there's a winner who wins a $10 raffle prize. And then there's the overall winner who does the best that gets a $15 prize. Uh, and so, yeah, you can you can head over there and win actual real eShop monies uh, and uh, get that. And that's just from us to you. So that's really cool. So head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Become a patron of the show. You can do it right now. We'll shout you out on the show next week. All right, so let's talk some news, guys. Uh, I guess our biggest news this week is the brand new Animal Crossing Summer Update Wave 2, which just released yesterday. Um, This comes on the heels of the diving um, updates. And let's see, what else was added during that time? There was diving and diving. (laughs) And diving. Something about an otter. Lots of under the lots of oh, water yeah, the stuff. Adder. Essentially, the swimming. Yeah, there was water stuff. There was Pascal, the mermaid, and the mermaid stuff. sets, and yeah. the diving. Which I mean, I, I was in it uh, you know, right before I came up here and got the scallop and gave it to Pascal and got the mermaid screen. Ooh, Ooh okay. Something I'm never going to use. Not uh, <laughs> not my thing. Congratulations. Uh, but anyway, yeah, lots of new. I mean, lots also lots of new bugs and and fish and all kinds of stuff that you know come with that. Uh, this, this second part though, I feel like was, uh, and a lot of people I think feel like was a whole lot more substantial than what we got in the first wave. Uh, here's what is available right now. If you, if you're an Animal Crossing fan, you've probably already downloaded this. Firework shows, uh, will be every Sunday during August. You can customize the, these, uh, fireworks patterns from your pro custom or, or pro custom designs. And I guess shoot them off whenever you want to. And then Red will also hold a raffle, which means Red will actually show back up to your island again. There's a novel idea. You know, he's been to my island twice since they first patched him in. It's ridiculous. Uh, I, I want some more art. Let's let's go, you know. Uh, also, Luna was brought into the game uh, and Dream Islands, which this is a really cool feature. Luna... Uh, if you lay down in the bed Luna, and, and choose to sleep, Luna will show up in your dream and you will either be able to send a copy of your island out as a dream or you will be able to visit other people's islands in a dream and get there. I guess you can. The only Has anybody done this yet, by the way? Because I have not gotten yep. to do the dream. I did it last yet. night. I did okay, it last so night as soon as it Tim, dropped. when you go, 
when you go to a person's island, I did upload mine and I'm going to post this on my Twitter feed later. If you want to come to my island, I have my dream code so that you can come. Uh, But my thing is this, is if I come to your island or you come to my island, is the only thing that you can do get custom patterns or can I like dig up holes or talk to people or you what, can what do can all I that do? stuff, but you can't take anything back with you as far as I know. So cause it's a I dream. It's not it's real. Oh, okay. But you do get the custom patterns. You do get to keep the custom patterns. Yes. That's it. So as basically know, it's like, a, it right it's, it's basically like a preview for somebody's island. Yeah, you get to tour their island, essentially. This is being a, a tour, which is exciting because there's some pretty cool islands out there. You can go check can those out. Can you tour random islands? No, you got to have the code. You got to have the code. All right, so yet another code from Nintendo. Yes. Love it. I, I haven't Not. checked this out yet. Um, I want to try the Dream Suite out. Um, I, the, I was hoping. The Dream Suite's pretty cool. But, uh, I think the whole thing, the whole idea of it is is neat, but like, why another code? Like, why can I not just yeah, like? I was kind why of, can it not be like Mario Maker and it just be like, here's some random islands? Go or play, why can't I already access my friend's list that's already there in Animal Crossing? All the people that's visited your islands. Why? Oh, can't I Tim, that, that makes too much sense. even even outside the game, you have a friend's list in the system. Yes, yeah. even that. Right. Well, uh, I haven't done it yet. Um, I was waiting for my other half to leave the room because if she saw me lying in bed with a busty aardvark over me, she might ask a couple of questions. Um, but, it, I mean, I, I, I'm going to put this out there, Nintendo Dads. If any of you want to make some waifu uh, artwork of Luna, then go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that she is classified, as the, the, the teenagers say today, as uh, thick. Thick, yeah, she's a she's she thick. A can't, eat her. <laughs> can't believe we're having this conversation. My kids would be more disappointed than you than I am. <laughs> this, this is what this is what it's all about being a dad, right? Your kids, you go, oh, playing Animal Crossing, like thick anteater. <laughs> <laughs> just being a this dude. is this is Maybe. what we've come to this is what we've come to in 2020 the world yes. the pressure of the world has gotten so great and now Gary, we have the dads a, after dark show would be proud of you and now we have uh, a title i'm sure they would yes <laughs> gary stick and eater so yeah so you can go and do this uh, the the biggest thing that that came with this update, I think, the probably the most newsworthy thing, is that the island backup restoration service has now been patched into the game. What this means is that from the title screen, you can access the and turn on the backup feature. This is important, listeners. Understand this: backup is not turned on automatically. Why they did this, I don't know. But you have to opt in to the backup or, or to the backup by pressing the minus button uh, at the title screen and going through and kind of getting a description of that backup and then saying yes, this is what but I want to do. A- after being warned by Tom Nook that if you're a kid, you should get a parent's help. Well, that's true. That's true. But the thing is, is what I'm afraid with this and. I'm just going to go ahead and say this instead of waiting is I'm afraid that people are going to think 
that it's backing up on its own and they're not going to know. And then they're going to be disappointed. They're going to, there's going to be some hurt feelings. Yeah. I'm going to try to make a video on this tonight after we're done here. Hopefully if we've got some time. Yeah. It's not like the other backup in the games where you can just say back this file up now and you see it happen. It's just, you turn it on and you put it in the sleep mode and you hope like hell it works at some point. Yeah, mine did work. It backed up at ten o'clock last night. I did notice that. But mine, here, mine here's was one thing. Mine was two also around ten o'clock. The, what I don't understand, and what they don't give you a description of when you go through this menu, is how you will recover that data if you get a new switch. And it does make very clear this is not for you to save and move your file to another switch. Like it's not. It's not. To be right. done back and forth. It That's says coming at a later times. Time. <laughs> yeah, it says over and over, this is in case of loss or theft yeah. or, or damage. I, I, you have to go through Nintendo support to do it. It's not something you can trigger on your own. Right. Yeah. So kind of an odd choice, but I'm glad that the backup is there. Like I'm now I have a copy of my island. It's on, uh, I guess it's in a server somewhere. Hopefully it's, it's there. It took them a while. It should have been there day one. It wasn't, but it's there now. So right. hopefully they can build on it and which they are. They're saying they are with another. Right. Update so uh, this is this is version one point four point zero. It's live right now. If you're um, if you're an owner of the game, you can get this. It's a free update. Uh, they do make mention, though, of the fact, though, that uh, the Dream Suite only works if you're a Nintendo Switch Online member, and the online backup only works if you're a Nintendo Switch Online member. So if you're not a Nintendo Switch Online member, the only thing in this update for you is fireworks for four weeks. That's it. Uh, The next update will happen this fall. They teased it's uh, a Halloween update. They showed Jack, who is the pumpkin-headed uh, ghost spirit that comes around every Halloween. So I would assume that's going to happen in at the end of this month or maybe the middle of September to coincide with October. There may be a larger gap between this one and the other updates that we've seen. It may just be the monthly refresh of like the bugs and fish and, you know, things like that uh, coming up. But uh, one thing I do want to address that was brought to our attention is that uh, the director of Animal Crossing, uh, her name is Aya Kiyogoku. She oversees uh, Nintendo's Inter- Nintendo Entertainment's planning and development group number five, which is over Animal Crossing, Splatoon, and Wii Sports. Uh, recently had to delete her Twitter account because people discovered it and then began sending her en masse messages about how horrible Animal Crossing was, that they couldn't back up their game, that they couldn't do this, that this wasn't there, that this wasn't here, that that wasn't there, blah, 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 blah. Guys, let's uh, let's take a moment here and um, let's issue a Nintendo Dad's PSA. All right? This is, this is consider this a Dad's public service announcement. I feel like we need a bumper for that. We've been doing that more and more often. Yeah, well, here it is. <laughs> here it is. You can find some music and, and do it later. Here it is. Let's uh, can, can I, I just want to say this to you. Don't be that guy. All right. Don't be no. that guy that makes Plural. Don't be uh, those guys. somebody delete or guys or girls, whoever. Don't be those people that make a person delete their Twitter account over a video game. Especially since most Stop of those it. decisions are likely not help. her fault. 
she was probably under orders by people above her to do or not do certain things. That is correct. Because that that's how correct. business works, gentlemen and ladies and kids. Yeah, Justin's not here, but Jesse's dropping the business knowledge tonight. Uh, th- guys, yeah, even my work, so much- you know, I work at a bank and the things that go political of what the people, other people telling us what to do or not do is amazingly stupid. Yeah. Honestly, here's the thing. Uh, there's way enough negativity in the world right now and bad things than to complain about whether or not you can back up your animal game. Like I get it. It's, it's been five months or four months and it's, there's been a lot of work. You're Bobby Pauls. You put 500 hours into your Animal Crossing town. You want to back it up. I'm not saying Bobby did this. I'm just saying that's the example that came to my mind. Bobby has done an amazing work in his gotta, Animal Crossing on his island. Got to back up uh, that Arkham Island, you know, the Arkham. Yeah, man. He like his his backup probably took a day, right? I mean, like because <laughs> he had to get the rock garden, he had to get the, he had to get all that stuff. Um, but but anyway, like. Don't harass people. Like just don't don't be jerks on the internet. Okay? Don't be jerks on the internet. Like, Can we not be jerks that in real kind life of stuff either? right there. Good point, Jesse. Good point. <laughs> don't be don't be a jerk. Period. Uh earlier, like this summer, this kind of reminds me like this is the kind of stuff that makes people like do stuff that you don't want them to do, like kill themselves. Like earlier this year, uh this summer, there was a 25-year-old Japanese uh female wrestler highly beloved by fans and and people in her craft killed herself because people wrote horrible things about her on her instagram stupid stupid don't be those people let people have a normal life you know the thing the difference between them and us is is they make the stuff we consume so we think we have a window into their lives because we find their social media and that like, if we'll just complain enough, they'll fix it. Well, Jesse just gave you a window into that. Maybe not, because you're not their boss. Somebody else is. Ran over. PSA ended. Let's talk about something else. All right? Let's Whoa. talk about <laughs> Let's talk about Nintendo uh, and its investor briefing. Now, this got brought up in uh, uh, on our Discord today. It also got brought up on Twitter. Uh, and in our poll, Nintendo's investor briefing was supposed to be this week, but they have postponed it by one week. Why? We don't know. Is it to announce more games? Eh. Is it because they want to postpone it for a week? Eh. I don't know. What are you guys saying? Why, why are they po- Like last week, we postulated that maybe, maybe this week, by this time, we will have gotten some Mario 35th anniversary news because there's a ton of Mario stuff releasing on Saturday. That's Honestly, not I happening. Think, I, you know, I think the reason for, reason for the delay is just the fact that if all the accountants are working from home and have to work over Skype, Zoom, WebEx, etc., things it just takes longer to crunch the numbers is, versus mm. if you have everyone in the same room doing the same thing at the same time. That sound that you just heard was Jesse collectively bursting the bubble of everyone who's hoping for news next week. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm not expecting news. I would, it makes sense, a business, you know, I'm, I'm summoning Justin here. It's a, makes for a good business sense to announce something 
before the investor call next week. That's true. It doesn't mean they're going well, to do it. Well, let's be honest. If the investor call next week is, look how good a year we've had so far. There's nothing else this year. That's going to be a Hindenburg's disaster worth of 2020 for Nintendo, right? <laughs> I can good. agree on that. Yeah, that's, that's not that... good. So logic says there's something that has to happen. We just don't know what it is yet. Hopefully by this time next week, we're talking about that thing that has happened that's great and spectacular and we're all excited again. I don't know. Gary, you you had been ferreting up some links or leaks and, and news from Nintendo earlier, right? You you'd you'd been on location. Yeah, I've been on location. So um <laughs> if I just turn this 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 background off that I've got on, you'll see right now that I'm actually right outside Nintendo's headquarters and uh there's been a lot of leaks. There's um a Mario H D trilogy coming uh next week after the investors meeting. Uh Metroid Prime trilogy is also releasing at some point this week. Uh, Mother three week. and four and seven. Uh, the other ones are coming all <laughs> the time. Are releasing the week after that. Uh, Chibi Robo is getting seventeen new games and is becoming the new mascot of Nintendo. And Doshin the Giant makes a welcome return. Thank you very much. You <laughs> know that's news live from Nintendo in Kyoto. And have a fantastic evening. I'm oh, sorry. I, we I'm broke sorry. Marty. I was not prepared. I was not prepared. <laughs> Did I get you at the Doshin Doshin the Giant bit? No, it was the Chibi Robo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Chibi Robo's the new Chibi Robo's the new character in Smash. <laughs> you love that though. Let's be honest. I, I don't. I, I think that's one character my son has no idea who that is. You would be. He. You wouldn't even be able to see him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm crying over here. He'd be the. He'd be the same size as a Pikmin. We broke oh, him. guys, uh, this is where we are in 2020. <laughs> Gary Kyoto, and we're all just what? Speculation's running so wild, but don't worry, I, I've got these leaks. Like it's it's this yes. window right here. That's where I've been getting the leaks from. <laughs> I need to seal it. <laughs> right uh, this is why you need. To, this is why you need to watch uh, Thursday yeah. nights. If, if you, you if you don't know what. What's going on? Check out the YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, just go, just go look up the YouTube video. How? What's a, what's go, a timestamp for that? Go to, go to about the 27-minute mark, 28-minute mark. It's about when all this, this started. This might be worthy 20, of clipping out and posting just this clip of out. 20, <laughs> 28, minutes in, yes. 28 minutes into the podcast, I can't breathe. There you go. Perfect thumbnail look. Yes, that is awesome. <laughs> there you go. Uh <laughs> So and yeah, you, Nintendo. If, hopefully, if you, it's going to have some news. Yeah. Hopefully, it's going to have some news. Uh, by the way, uh, I didn't mention this that 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 uh, by the time you hear this, we're about one day away from a giant flood of Mario uh, memorabilia that's actually coming out uh, August first. The uh, the the Lego Mario sets are released. These are already out. I actually was at Walmart uh, yesterday. Uh, and uh, saw the uh, starter pack and Bowser's Castle and a couple of others and did not pick them up because I pre-ordered my starter pack from lego.com. Now I'm regretting that because I, we, none of us who pre-ordered it have gotten any shipping confirmation yet, which to me means they are shipping them on the first and not 
getting them on the first, or they'd probably already be on the way. That's so you won't have this weekend to play with them. I'm probably going to Walmart's and uh, <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll just return the Lego one. Uh, the, the the NES, the, the Lego Nintendo Entertainment System is also released apparently on the first. Jenga and Monopoly versions of Mario are released on the first. X Rocker Chairs are released on the first. Maybe the now, you know, we thought that maybe that was the follow up to an announcement. Maybe they're the prelude to an announcement uh, at this point. I, I don't so, think so. Uh, I think they're literally just, just the products on their own. Hang on. It's just, just, all, it's just the partnership first. with Kinex still on. Uh, yeah, the partnership with Kinex is still on as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Lego and Kinex Mario. No, Kinex was actually a thing, though. They did actually have a. I did, with yeah. My, I, uh, my son Isaac had some of those. They were garbage. Uh, I, yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, I mean, I, I would uh, go in and check to see if there's a Meccano version, but uh, but yeah, Mimoto's looking at me really funny right now. So. Shaking his finger at you out the window. Yeah. He's like, why did you bring a microphone all the way out to here that attaches to a desk? Ah. <laughs> wow. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, let's, uh, these are literally just just products, right? They 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 don't really necessarily mean there's a game coming. We've seen this a bunch of times with other companies, like Sonic Film, for a perfect example. And everybody's like, yes, it means there's a new Sonic game. And guess what? There hasn't been. And if there was, it would have probably been crap. So uh, <laughs> it's one to of those. Be honest. It, it's, it's would they have used the monstrosity Sonic model in the game movie time? Yeah, the original one. <laughs> Yeah. I think the next Sonic game, he should be the villain. Like yeah. pre-touch-up Sonic should be the villain. He's he, like he's he coming for you. Classic Sonic versus modern Sonic, but not in the way that they're just head to head. It's classic Sonic trying to destroy all the modern Sonic games so that Sonic can be good again. You know that the, they just announced. I think and it was 06 this is the final boss. There is there is a uh, Sonic Two Sonic sequel movie. It's coming. Yeah, uh, April 8th of 2022. I, I'll go on record here. I thought that the Sonic movie was a lot of fun. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I thought it was, I, I thought I it was pretty it. good. Between I enjoyed that, it. We between laughed. that and Sonic Mania, the last 10 years have been forgiven. You know, here's the deal. It, like, I will, Right now, it's, it's probably sugar-coated in my memory because that was the last movie I saw in the theaters before the pandemic. Same, yeah. You know, back, back before the dark times, back before the Empire. Right. Uh, and so, like, I thought it was great fun. And I thought, you know, I was really worried that Jim Carrey was not going to do a good job, and he did. Like, I don't know why I was worried. Jim Carrey's brilliant, especially in roles where he can just be nuts. Is it, so, is it too soon to talk spoiler about the movie? Or Yep, for, it's too soon. It's always okay. too soon. I won't, <laughs> all right, I won't say what I was going to say. But, yeah, I mean, go uh, back no thing like there's a lot of there's a lot of Mario stuff coming out. I don't think it necessarily means we're going to get a big announcement. I think it's literally just them extending. Like they said a couple of years back, they want to open the doors and be a chair and be Lego sets and be whatever Mario wants to be. So I think that's literally okay. the case. I mean, there's Hot Wheels, connects Lego now. You know, I just oh those Mario, the Mario Kart Hot Wheels are great. I can't wait for Waluigi Barbie to come out. Style is hair. <laughs> that's the next one. That's, that's Dragon the next says one. the movie is Barbie. the movie is old enough that I can talk about spoilers. But <laughs> uh, 
Let's talk about uh, some updates and things that you need to know about. Uh, if you were playing Paper Mario and the Origami King, which, by the way, is a fantastic game, and my hot take on Twitter was that I think that I like Paper Mario Origami King more than I like Animal Crossing. Hot There you go. Uh, I do. I still do. Even with the, the fireworks and the backups and all that, like, I... I don't know, like for what it was, I think it did it with excellence. I, all you people who are way, who have avoided this game simply because it's not thousand year door, you need to think again. Like I really wish you would try it. Yeah. It's it's just, I I haven't picked, I haven't picked up Origami King, right? But I do have a lot to say about Paper Mario. And I think that we are never going back now. Like, we've had more Paper Marios that definitely are not Thousand Year Door. And Thousand Year Door was one of those cases where it was just like, we've done this once, we could do it better, let's do it again. And from then, Paper Mario hasn't been the same. I think if you're going to look at Paper Mario, you need to stop thinking about it being Thousand Year Door and just think about what shines in Paper Mario. Like, the writing is always really good. Um, even even his sticker style, the writing was good, right? Sticker style wasn't a great game, but it had its moments. It, it yeah, wasn't it, a the bad story game. was good. The gameplay yeah. was horrible. But it, it, I, I mean, I would say it was a good game. I wouldn't say sticker style was a bad game. But like, if you go out on the internet, people want to grab their pitchforks and torches and burn you if you say well, that. Well, so. if the game, if you almost need a, a walkthrough, so you know what thing sticker you have to have at on you at any one time because yes. you can't have yeah. all of them because you don't have room but, yeah i'm kind of glad that they got rid of that mechanic but I, i'm sure i'm sure you agree with me on that one though right marty that like the writing is probably i'm guessing is yeah the, the in any I, I think that that's in any mario role-playing game as far as like the mario and luigi series or the the paper mario series the writing has always shown uh, in those games, it's always been fantastic, and it's and it's no different in Origami King. Uh, the I will say there's a moment in Origami King, and some people know uh, if you've gotten. I will say this: if you've gotten past the blue ribbon, then you know what that moment is, uh, where th- it's heavy. Just, I, so you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, actually, I thought I thought that scene was actually going to be earlier, but. They threw something else in the middle to prolong it. it. Was, it but they honestly, still followed was, through with exactly what I, th- what yeah, I thought that they it, were going to do. It's extremely poignant. Uh, and it, it was it was brilliantly done. Uh, the pacing of that And you didn't like fantastic. this character at first. <laughs> no, I did not. But uh, And I think there were probably a lot of people who didn't. And that they were setting you up. To, I, I, personally, my thought is they were setting you up to feel bad. Yeah. So... Uh, but I love it. I, I like the, the music in that game is fantastic. Uh, and like, especially like, um, if you've played the game and you've been to, uh, to sniff it city or sniff city, that's some good music. There's some, there's some good stuff in this game. Uh, and I would, but anyway, (laughs) how we got, how we got on this topic is, uh, that there is a game-breaking bug in Paper Mario, the Origami King, that prevents you from uh, moving past a certain point in the game. Nintendo knows about this. They are working uh, on it. It will be patched out. Um, hopefully that it saves the people who have encountered it. But, I, Jesse, with, with, do you know where? 
without giving uh, without spoiling it, I think it's in the fifth area. Basically, you have to have like a membership card type of thing to get access, and turn and it's a turn in. So you lose yes. the membership card. So if you leave, you can't get back in because you no longer have the membership yeah. card. So first uh, in your door had a really similar game breaking glitch as well, which obviously couldn't be patched out then as well, where you needed a key mm. to go through a door. But if you left the room, the door automatically locked behind you. So if you jumped over the key, went out the room, you could no longer pick up the key. You couldn't progress. So there's, something, there's also something similar with a one specific toad, and I don't know which toad this is, but if if you do something and backtrack, the toad isn't there anymore, and you'll never be able to get it. So you'll never be able to 100% collect. So yeah, but I don't know which toad that is, things, so I can't give any more. They just happen. So hopefully, hopefully they're patching those out. Yeah. Uh, my, of an my, my guess, you know, again, I'm a programmer, so I, I think I think of this is they'll either make it so you don't lose the membership card, so you can present it again, or there'll be a flag, a character flag that they'll turn on to say you have turned it in. You should have access for, which then should also un soft lock anyone who's fallen into it presuming they didn't delete their file and start over or or they'll just add a line of dialogue hey don't you need to blank and they won't let you go past a certain point you know because they do that in the game sometimes like you try to go over here and they're like no no you gotta go over here I I think my, my favorite one is the game won't let you go to a boss fight without saving Olivia stops you oh yeah you yeah. have to save like before the boss fight. Yeah, I, I, I like it too because I, I triggered it more than once. Because I usually like to explore well, a bit go. before doing what the game wants me to do. <clears throat> well, you're going to play it the way they want you to, and, and you're going to like it. Right. All right. So that, that's Mech, what's going to happen. Also, that's that, that Dragon says coming. moral of the story: never backtrack. That is correct. That is correct. On forward motion constantly. Uh, also updated this week, Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics was po- uh, patched to version 1.1.2. Uh, bug fixes include basically a few games where um, there was a bug that would cause them to get soft locked, and they have taken care of that. They've also adjusted the difficulty level for AI opponents, which in some cases were insanely unfair uh, in some places. They were just like, it was almost like, you didn't get to do anything. They just won. Grandmaster so, level um, AI. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go on that. Um, that's out. Crosscode has gotten patched. Uh, I don't think any of us have tried to update yet uh, at, at the time of this. Uh, who is playing Crosscode? Jesse is. I, I've got it. Oh, past was. Did. <laughs> past tense. I didn't. I, I played two hours and didn't like it. I think Justin put the most time into it. Okay. But- so maybe we we'll get uh, maybe we we'll get Masson's perspective on that. I'll try and play it for next time, but because I got it on Xbox, but I haven't touched it yet. Well, there you go. It's it's free over there, right? Yeah. It's game well, pass, free so. free prescription. Yeah. <laughs> free. Uh, right. Uh, so that's that's all uh, that's all happening. Um, one thing I want to go back to Clubhouse Games here for just a minute because I play a ton of this game during the week. Like whenever I have an idle moment, I'm playing Solitaire or Yacht Dice or. Uh, the Mahjong, not the Ricci Mahjong, the, the actual uh, Mahjong Solitaire. Um, 
I am really annoyed by the fact that when I complete a game, if I want to play another round of that game, I have to go back to the menu and start the game over. Why can I not just hit replay or retry? And where is the option to turn off the fracking tutorials? <laughs> like, you know, like when you first go into a game and it's like, Klondike Solitaire. And then they start the little spiel about it. I don't yeah. care. Why in the world would that not give you an option after a while? Like it's been a month. Do you still need to hear this? Just let me play the game. And I agree. my other gripe is this. My other gripe is this. And it's and this is a privileged first world problems gripe, but it's there. When I unlocked the Mario card set for games, that led me to believe that there were other card sets that I could unlock. How hard would that have been? Like, really? Like, how hard would it have been to do extra card art? Well, they wouldn't certain, not. certain games have additional card art, so it's not hard to add more card art to more games. It's true, but I mean, like, if you're going to add a Mario one, why not add a Zelda? Why not add a... DK. You know, Donkey Kong. Why not Smash Brothers? Something, you know, like... Promote your other games. I mean, Nintendo has done such a good job of promoting other games through other games, like this weekend's Tetris Maximus Cup with Paper Mario, where they've promoted every game that is released through Tetris 99. Like, do it through your other games, too. It's just free advertising. Because the Mario Kart, the Mario Kart art, especially like on the matching game, is fantastic. I love it. Uh, like, I would just like to see more of that. I even would, I would even buy like, you know, 99 cent DLC. Like, here's five card packs or here, you know, just cosmetic stuff. I would, I would buy that. I, I'd that probably even buy that, even though I don't really play the game anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there play you a go. few rounds of solitaire just to see the decks and then put it away again. Yeah. Uh, just a, a note here we wanted to mention. I know some some of our fans and some of our listeners are interested in uh, Persona 5 Scramble, which is uh, a Musu-type Persona 5 game that has, is being released on Nintendo Switch. I think it's already been released on Nintendo Switch in Japan. Is yes. that right? Okay, so uh, Koi Tecmo's financial report stated this week that Persona 5 Scramble is planned for Western relief, release, which means it's probably in the process of being translated and spruced up for American audiences. I'm excited about that because I did download the demo. I had no clue what was going on. I just pushed buttons and had fun. But I Yeah, I played I'm through ready. the demo with a Google Translate on a good portion of it. I think I live streamed that. Yeah. So uh, I, it's I, hard. I, 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 I plan mean, on like, picking that not up. Just, you're not just doing like the Dynasty Warrior style levels. Like you're having to make decisions and dialogue and different things like that. So and you still it's, have to deal with like the elemental tree, you know, in, in combat as well. Yeah. Speaking of elements, uh, this weekend, Jesse did a series of videos uh, on Pokemon Go because it was Pokemon Go Fest uh, this sat past Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Jesse, why don't you tell us a little bit about what went down during Pokemon Go Fest 2020? Okay. Uh, I 
Well, I wasn't expecting to talk about this here, but I was thought, but uh, I'm trying to remember what I think about what I wanted to say. Um, so yeah, so it, it it was ten hours a day. I didn't play for the entire ten hours. I know some people did. Uh, Miz in the chat uh, played along, was playing as well, probably more than I did. I I did live do several live streams. I did like in three parts on Saturday and two parts on Sunday. Total of almost six hours of streaming, playing on two accounts so i'm you're my the video shows you know two game sessions running at the same time and uh, i was able with the each hour changed the habitats and what spawned and what mission you had to do to unlock to unlock future bonuses and then there was an overarching quest that on saturday there was this one big one that you had to do and sunday there was broken up into like six or seven smaller parts, which ended up with you uh, going up against Giovanni and defeating him. Hmm. I was, I was so, watching that last video of you doing that, uh, Jesse. I After I stopped in, I went and watched the rest, and it was like, I was impressed that you were doing like two battles at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, and people asked, someone, someone asked in the chat if what I'm doing is legal um like because of like is it against terms of service to have more than one account i'm like as far as i know it is it's fine because i'm still using two separate accounts on two real phones i'm not using emulation i'm not doing any i'm not gps spoofing you know the little neighborhood you saw that's my house so i i and i I was you know playing it on my phones so everything I, th- I did, as far as I know, was completely legitimate. Awesome. The reason I wanted you to talk about that, Jesse, is because there's some news coming out of Pokemon Go Fest that uh, you wanted to share uh, with us about technical issues. And by the way, let me say this. Don't they have technical issues every year at Pokemon Go Fest? Yeah. Normally, though, it's has to do with the carrier because it's – you put 2,000 people in a park and the LTE antennas can only have so much bandwidth. Sure. So you. So the, I think most of the problems isn't necessarily related to Niantic service. There was a problem at the start of the 11 o'clock hour on my time where basically for the first 15 or 20 minutes, the game was unplayable. And, and that's on stream. So if you watch... Uh, I think, yeah, like starting with midway through part one, day one, you'll see it and you'll see what exactly what was going on. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, as a, oops, sorry, let me help. Let me do this to make it up for you. Uh, they are going to have a, a makeup session on Sunday, August 16th from 11 to 2 local time that will cycle in three habitats, a fire, a water, and a friendship. So it'll, act exactly like it did last weekend. Uh, the Pokemon that was spawning during those times will sp- still spawn. I don't know if they will have special missions or not like they did before. So I may not do it for long. I might try to get uh, unknown. Some more unknown before it's over. That was the problem with... Po- so, so hang on. Wait, 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 wait. I want to ask a question. Like, I'm pretty sure I know what happens in a water habitat. And I'm pretty sure I know what happens in a fire habitat. 
What happens in a friendship habitat? It's fairy types. And and d- during each hour, you have a, a, they set up a global mission that, you know, you need to do this 5.7 million times. And not just you, but everyone playing it together. And so the during the friendship hour, the mission was, I think, send 800,000 gifts. So you send gifts to friends. And just if everyone doing it all at the same time. I, I, like I was like, I'm, what I'm picturing is like, you know, the ocean or rain or a volcano. And then here's the friendship habitat. And it's like fairies dancing and throwing <laughs> presents around. And well, the background itself doesn't actually change. It just changes the, what types are most often spawning. Right. So you'll get. You're a fairy. You I'm just saying, like, those, those two are elements. Friendship is not an element, unless you're Captain America. Wind, water, fire, <laughs> earth, heart. Uh, you know, that's, right. I think I said Captain America. I meant Captain Planet. Right. Captain I, Planet. That show it, sucked, by the way. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> In addition to all that. I'm just, I'm just trying to make everybody mad tonight. Uh, that's that's all. <laughs> anyway, please continue. So in addition to that... Uh, Participants will get a free bo- can get a, claim a free box with two incense and two remote passes. Note if you have three or more remote passes, you cannot claim more. So that there is an upper limit. So if if you like, that happened to my son and he didn't know that. So he had three passes and couldn't claim more. So he had, but he couldn't claim it until he used one and then he can claim more. And uh, the the special spawns and the Free passes will only be available to those who have bought a GoFest ticket for last week. So if you didn't buy a ticket, then you're not going to see anything any different than normal. Awesome. Now, not all of this was bad news, though, right? I mean, right. The 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 big news is Niantic made a ton of money, like. <laughs> Not, I mean, like, this is not like a ton of money, like, oh, here's some stacks. This is like Michael Bay Transformers franchise, brack the dump truck up to his house and dump the money out money, mm-hmm. right? So, yep, How much it, money did they make this weekend? Okay, well, b- before I get to that, you know, to put it in perspective, just the cost of the ticket was $15. There was many millions of people who signed up for this, though all that revenue was not collected in a single day. So while they probably made $60 million just in ticket sales, that wasn't all in one day. That was spread out over a month. But Saturday, they had the highest single day revenue since launch, since 2016, at $8.9 million from you know, you know people buying last-minute tickets, people buying remote raid passes, people buying... You know, whatever else they would buy that they would need. Uh, and then on Sunday, they made an additional $8.6 million. So they made $17.5 million in two days. That's, uh, that's Mamma Mia. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of money. That's, uh, that's crazy. And y'all, like, Here's the deal. I'll be real. I'm I'm just going to be real blunt and honest because Gary's already said we're, we're, you know, tonight is like blunt and honest ads or whatever. Uh, I didn't realize this many people still like 
played this game. Yeah. I did not realize well, that people because of the pandemic, more people started playing again because they, they they've had an upsurge in in revenue and players because of the thing of because people are home doing nothing else and because they've added play at home friendly mechanics to the game. And they've been yeah. doing, they've been doing See, this since March. If they didn't if they haven't been doing this all for the last 6 months, this weekend probably wouldn't have worked as well as it did. Yeah. It's crazy to me that they they made that much money, but uh, great that they're still, you know, doing it and and like people that love it still get to play it even yeah. though they're at home and yeah, I, probably I normally will be like this for the rest of the year. Let's just be honest. Oh yeah, probably. I, I probably drop twenty dollars per account at least once a month, if not two, twice a month. So I'm putting, I'm giving them almost a hundred dollars a month. Yeah, for, for just because yeah. I don't do a lot of like the rating and stuff anymore. Because, but I, I hatch a lot of eggs because mean, part of the whole be a, a pandemic. F- friendliness making it easier for people to play the egg hatch time has been halved since march and then so with the the fast incubator that also gives you an additional 30 percent off the time a 10k egg will hatch in three in three and a third k so I, i go through a lot of incubators yeah so and I'm reading here in our notes the level caps going up too, right to level fifty. So. Yeah, that's, so separate from the Pokemon Go Fest, this was kind of brought up as in in, in an interview with I forget which website, but uh, they hinted that the level cap will be could be going up to level fifty soon. They said see, Niantic isn't stating exactly what's needed to get level increases. They just won't be just another XP grind like it was to get to forty. They, they'll have you do other things, which could include any or more of the following. How many Pokemon you've caught, how full your Pokedex is, the number of excellent throws, how many raid battles you've won and or participated in, and reaching a certain rank in Go Battle League a certain number of times. And I read that, and if that last thing is required to get to level 50, then I'm never seeing 50, because I don't do that. I don't. I don't like the PvP. Much less play against people who like the PvP and have tuned their groups of, of Pokemon for PvP, which means I, I get cleared. My clock is cleaned. I, I played it once and never won a game. So never not. It's kind of like back. when when I was playing uh, Doctor Mario World. You know, like back here in that week where everybody, you know, played that game and liked it. <laughs> a year ago. Apparently it's got this one one week one year anniversary soon. If, if it that. is the one year anniversary right now, and I'll tell you how I know this because I got sucked back into it this week. Because I got an email and this is how they th- this is how they get Marty. All right. Uh they're like, Oh yeah, it's a one year anniversary. If you come back right now, you get eight bit Dr. Mario uh as as a free doctor. Everybody gets him for fourteen days. And I was like, 8-bit retro? Well, yeah. So downloaded Dr. Mario World and started playing again and actually having fun with it. Not going to put any money into it. Sorry, Nintendo. Uh, but yeah, I don't like the verses in Dr. Mario World at all. I don't, not a, not a big fan. Uh, let's talk about a couple of other little small news items. 
Uh, I love this one. G4 TV is coming back. Yay. Apparently. Uh, 2021. This is the news we didn't know we needed in 2020, but I'm okay with this. Like, if they bring back video game TV and they don't just show 12 hours of cheaters a day, then uh, I'm okay with this. Like, if it revives uh, Attack of the Show and uh, stuff bring, like that, I bring Code Monkeys back. I love it. Man. <laughs> There's so many things they could do with this, especially, especially now that esports is bigger. And I really do think that that's kind of the angle that they're probably going with on this uh, to begin with is at least Overwatch and Fortnite and stuff like that. Um, because, I mean, since G4 has gone away, look at how huge it's become to stream on Twitch and YouTube and get people to watch you play games, right? Uh, so... I don't like, I don't see a world. Here's the thing. I don't see a world where this works, but I also don't see a world where I don't want them to try. <laughs> Does right. that make oh, sense? Yeah. So what exactly is G4 TV? I have no idea. Okay. Okay. So I'm glad you asked because I, when I, I retweeted the G4 TV tweets with the Nintendo dad's account and I had at least one reply of what's a G4 TV. It, <laughs> You want to give it? Or do you want to it was it? yeah. It was a it was a it was a, a cable network dedicated to video games. That over time, uh, you know, when it launched, it was let, let me be honest. When it launched, it was super nerdy, right? Like it was, but over time, it evolved into like video games and pop culture and uh, like geek culture in a way. And so it still had some of the gaming content, but it, it didn't have as much. And uh, people like Olivia Munn and Kevin Pereira and um, I think a couple of others got their start on G4 TV, like yeah. hosting shows like Attack of the Show. And yeah, do and you remember the Nintendo World Championships probably four years ago now? Yeah. That was hosted by Kevin Pereira, who hosted Attack of the Show on G4. Yeah, and uh, one, of their, one of their most popular shows was X-Play. Which was a Adam, video Adam, game review. Adam Slessler and Morgan Webb. Yeah. Uh, it sounds Who, good. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, on paper, it sounds good. That's why I'm saying, like, I don't see a world, like, in the climate where anybody can get on YouTube and review a game or stream a game or have a video game channel, that's why I don't see a world where it works right now. But I don't see a world where I don't want them to try. Like, I would, I would watch this. I, I'm... I hope they yeah. succeed. We yeah, had you... a very good show a couple of years back in England um, called uh, Dora O'Brien's Go 8-Bit. And um, it's such a shame that it, it ended because basically what they'd do is they had Dora O'Brien the host. They had uh, Ellie, who was like uh, sort of the knowledge head of the games that they're going to play. And then they'd have two team captains and then they'd be joined by a celebrity each, so you'd have the captain and the celebrity, and then they, they the celebrities choose a game to play, and then they play against each other um, to see who's better at each game, and then they would at the end they would do like a special one, like um, put you in a a big frog suit and get you to jump on a pad to play Frogger, but with like this custom controller basically, and it was such a good show. Like I, you guys can't find it i explained it to somebody else before and uh, the videos are always blocked in america but if you can find it dara brings go a bit it was a really good show 
But I don't know if a TV network could necessarily survive right now because Twitch is kind of the gaming space, right? YouTube is the place where you go for the news and reviews. And I just don't see a cable network really surviving. So if it's coming back as a network, they're going to have a fight. If it's coming back as a YouTube show, they might survive. Yeah, back in the day, G4 TV was like my... This is the channel I have on in the background for 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 some non-silent noise in the background while I do other things. And you know, lately it's been like a news channel. But uh, I do that with the Weather Channel to sleep. Yeah, when I was a kid, it was with the Weather Channel. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Ibisel says the thing about. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, Ibisel says I, that he wants Tech TV, not G Four. And, you know, Tech TV was, they were both separate, kind of almost competing. And then G4, they, they, they merged and they kept the G4 name. He says Tech TV was, was greater than G4. The merge ruined them both. Then G4 tried to be more like Spike. And we saw how well that worked out too. Yeah. Yeah. They like at the end, they were, they were one step short of showing cops 24 seven. So, uh, you know, and now cops doesn't exist anymore. So. I don't know what they would do. Uh, I guess cheaters twenty four seven, which that's I don't know. If you've never heard of that show, don't even look it up. Give me Code Monkeys twenty four seven. That's a show you want to watch. If you don't know it, check it out. And you can't skip over what Justin said either. You know, Justin said (laughs) Mark is wrong. ACNH is better than PMOK. Justin out. Did he come back just to say that? Yes. Uh, yes. Then he left. <laughs> For all we know, he could still be watching. Who knows? <laughs> you, heard, you heard what I said. Yes. Prima Doc. Yes. Anyway, I love you, Jeff. <laughs> You're wrong, but I love you. And and here's the thing. Who is he even to talk? Because before this, like he didn't even know what Animal Crossing was. So... <laughs> Get out. Anyway, uh, one other little news uh, item we want to talk about here. Uh, in 2019, there was a book called Awadasan, which released um, that uh, had ex- excerpts from Awada Ask interviews and interviews from his closest friends. That book is getting an official English translation and it's up for pre-order on Amazon right now. It comes out next year, uh, April 2021. It is called Ask Iwata, Words of Wisdom from Nintendo's Legendary CEO. I am very much looking forward to this book. Uh, I will be getting my pre-order in very soon. I'm excited I've, about this. I've already pre-ordered two copies. I plan on giving one away to a friend. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait until uh, this book releases. Um, guys, if you were not around, I know some people in the last couple of years have come back to Nintendo because of the Switch and everything, and they missed like the kind of goofy, charming, fun Iwata years during the Wii and Wii U. Uh, you missed you missed a heck of a man and uh, uh, just a visionary. And I I encourage you to pick this book up, even if it's just to check it out from your library when it comes out uh, and and read up on him. He had such a a wonderful way of looking at the world of video games, um, having come from programmer to CEO to president. And, yeah, for, for, for programmers like uh, me, that's a 
great way to uh, to know that you know that path exists because normally you have to go to a business school and just be in the bi- be in the business of business to ever get that high. But he he started from yeah. the ground up. That's awesome. Uh, and I think his story is one that's worth listening to, one that's worth hearing. So uh, go pre-order that book. Jesse, when you pre-ordered it, how much is it? Uh, I don't remember. I can look it up real quick. I ordered. I pre-ordered it from Amazon. Give me a few minutes. And I'll- I'm going to guess like 20 bucks, right? Probably not all that expensive. I was surprised I didn't see a digital version of it because I only saw you could order the you know hard copy. Uh, it it, uh, it yeah, will be available digital. digital. I just don't think Amazon's selling it, but it'll probably be yeah. in the Kindle store when it releases. Day and date, it'll be, can- yeah, right. be Kindle. Hardcover twenty two ninety nine. That's not bad, especially if you want it for like your shelf for your Nintendo shelf as a collectible. So pretty yeah. cool. Well, guys, uh, let's. Uh, We've got something we want to talk about on the parenting on the dad side of the uh, spectrum tonight. So uh, let's discuss, shall we? So uh, hot topic of the week uh, in a lot of places, in a lot of countries, probably in a lot of areas of America, I know it is, is uh, what is going on with school for kids in the fall. Uh, and I know that at least three out of the four of us here tonight still have kids who are in school. Uh, at least, you know, Jesse had some, had all of his kids, you're an empty nester now, right? They have flown the coop. Well, the oldest one's actually home again, but none of them are in the public school system. No public school kids. That's what we mean. Right. That's what we're talking about. So but, but uh, I put this, this as a topic because I heard our school district put out a video explaining what's going to go on for the school year. Even though, again, it doesn't really concern me anymore. I still watched it just so, so I can be in the know. And Morbid so, curiosity. Right. So I'll, I'll, I wanted to share what I've learned from my district and then ask you all. Do you guys know what's going on yet? Have they figured it out yet? Basically, we have uh, – they're asking the parents to go to their, their school portal called Skyward and basically make one of two options. And whatever option they pick, they're stuck with until the end of the semester, of which then they'll have either diff- the same options again for the second semester, maybe different options. That'll be de- yet to be determined. Option one is 100% remote schooling. So basically, keep going how last school year ended. They'll they'll have teachers. Of, they'll try to keep some sort sort of schedule going, and just have multi on person online classes like they would have in a traditional lecture, but all online. And we'll see how that deals deals with. The other option kind of is a more flexible one where they have three sub-options that could be determined week by week depending on like the level of pandemic. So if things spike up, they could then increase the or decrease the amount of in-school contact. Basically, one level is 
they're at, they're at this, everyone who chooses to be in school will be in school. You know, five days, five days a week. Hours may differ. Definitely, obviously, keeping social distancing as much as they can, masks on, and all that stuff. On the low end, if it's like you know, if they numbers start spiking, then it'll be you know everything. Every everyone is at home again anyway. So, but there's a middle ground where like there'll be a, like a transition to go from the low up to the high, where it's a hybrid. Where they're planning mm-hmm. on if if they if they're in hybrid mode, half the school is in in the building Monday and Tuesday, just based on your last name. The other half of the school is in is on campus Wednesday Thursday, so the kids are in, on site two days a week with half approximately half the class sizes. Then Friday will be you know everyone's at home and. Then then in addition, I don't know if it's for the with the other option, but the first option where it's a hundred percent school at home, they have to fill in a daily learning activity log showing that they've done at least three hundred and ninety minutes, which is like six and a half hours of school related activity in a day, and that's will be used as their attendance for state requirements for, mm-hmm. for which that's going to be a pain to every day to do that. Yeah. But yeah. How many p- kids are, and how many parents forget that every day? Right. I mean, like, right. A- after a while, you know, at first you're doing it cause it's new and it's fresh and you know, about mid October, you're filling out your timesheet for the day. It's like kids are going to work. Uh, we're doing kind of the same thing. Um, now statewide, uh, in Tennessee, our governor has decided to leave everything up to local governments, which is a crock of crap because basically that's the state of Tennessee saying, we don't want to do anything. We're washing our hands of this. We don't want to be the bad guys. So they've issued some guidance, which really, I mean, what is that? Talking to which is just Which and, is just spitting out the same information that they were right. given as guidance. And, so it's not like they the made these is, decisions is that, themselves. Right. Talking to friends of ours who are teachers and people we know they're teachers, they're saying we, we're in the dark. So, But here's the thing. They're starting back to school next week. Wow. They're, they're going back to the classroom for, uh, staggered at first, like staggered by grade for three days next week. And then the week after that, they are staggered by last name, like you're talked about. You know, like this day, A through K goes, this day, L through Z goes, whatever. Uh, and that lasts until August 18th, uh, after which they will make another decision about whether the staggering continues or whether they all come back to class en masse. Also, they are doing, um, they're doing distance learning. So you can do virtual, and it's the same setup that you have. If you choose to go virtual in August, you are virtual through December. And then you have to make another decision by the 1st of January. So, again, very similar to mine. Uh, the difference in that, the difference in that and what happened last year is that when they, when schools let out here in March last year, everything that they were doing was just like take-home packets or virtual email assignments where it was like review or read this book or do this. In this case, it's going to be actual classroom instruction. Uh, so new concepts, new things. So what they've done is for our county, 
they have hired one teacher per grade that is going to teach the entire second grade or the entire first grade or the entire sixth grade. So like if you choose to have your kid at home uh, and they're a sixth grader, they'll have that teacher virtually over Google Classroom every day for six and a half hours. And you have to be able to have high speed internet. You have to be able to connect. But our county is only service 30 something percent. Or maybe maybe I'm thinking it's the other way around. Maybe, I, I don't know, uh, with high speed internet. So I don't know how they're going to do this. So two thirds uh, at best, look, one third at worst. Two thirds at best. Yeah, one third at worst. Uh, I, I just looked up earlier how many students are in the county school system because we also have a city school system that just services the city with two schools. Just in the county school system, there's 4,000 students. Uh, and approximately about a tenth of those have chosen to do online only. Um, so 400 or so, and that number is growing. I don't know what it's doing at the city school system, uh, but there's definitely going to be both. It's going to be both, you know, it's not going to be either or, it's both and, right? Uh, and so that's until, I guess, something else happens. But now, like here in our county, our cases have just exploded over the last month. I mean, we went from, we've gone from having a hundred cases a month ago to almost 400 in a month. And there's no mandates. There's no nothing. We're in, like, in fact, our county is planning on having a fair in September for six days. Wow. The, and, and it is the fair. only, fr yeah, it basically is going to be, uh, I've already told my kids we're not going. Um, the, uh, and, and I'm speaking as someone who's had the virus. I am had, I'm not going back. I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to do those things. I am like, and look, I'm living, I live in the South and you guys see how we're showing out about masks and stuff right now. It's stupid. Um, and I just like, I don't get it y'all. I don't get like how we as America look at the rest of the world and like there are countries who are beating this and we look at the very simple measures it takes to beat it. And we go, nah, I don't want to do that. I need my freedoms. Well, that gives you the freedom to die. I, I'm just saying I had, I had relatives in the hospital with this. And I had a wife who told me this week, who looked at me and said, you know, there were a couple of days when we had it that I probably should have told you to send me to take me to the hospital. That's how bad it was. I just didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to worry you. That's that's my wife, like in a nutshell. I, I'm dying, but I don't want to tell you because it might bother your it might disrupt your routine. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. Uh, personally, if you've listened to the show long enough, you probably know this or you don't care and you, you, you miss it a bit. We homeschool our kids. So um, my two, Aaron teaches them. So uh, last year when everything went south and we canceled schools and everything, they had a month and a half of school left to finish. And they did. So they finished seventh and sixth grade. So now they're going to have eighth and seventh grade. They start on Monday. Estes Academy of Awesome. That's what we call it. Because that's what it is. It's awesome. What are they doing for you, Tim? This is going to be a hard topic for me to talk about, so um, I'll try to keep it brief um, because 
my son is considered special ed and he needs a lot more attention than normal kids, I guess. Well, he's normal in my eyes, but I guess for lack of a better term. So I was lucky enough to be on furlough when this all started and we were doing school. So I got to sit with him and help him through the school year. I don't know what's going to happen this school year if he's got to do the same thing because he needs he needs the extra help. He needs the extra hands. He needs the, the help focusing. And uh, so my wife was talking about she's like, I may have no choice. I may have to quit work to stay home and help him. Mm. And it, you know, it's, it's not it's not just uh, an issue with my own son. I worry about anybody who's in the same situation or in school districts where they can't afford students and their parents can't afford to get online to do things and do like that. I come from Detroit public schools and they're not rich with this kind of stuff. And in, in most places, you know, in, in that school district, uh, I guess, would that be considered rural school or something like that or, or city or whatever, a city, public school system, you know, so, so it come, it's personal to, in a lot of avenues for me. So it's, it's, but there's nothing I can do about it, obviously. I mean, cause it's COVID and everybody's trying to take precautions, but what about these kids who might get left out? How is that going to impact them, their schooling, their knowledge and all that kind of stuff? Uh, because we're, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do about it either. You know, so I haven't watched my own school district stuff yet. I have it actually queued up to watch because they had a meeting and they had these proposals. They have these plans, probably following the same ideas of things you guys are talking about. We had to fill out a survey. I already did that earlier this year or earlier this summer uh, to talk about what we liked or didn't like about what we experienced at the end of the school year, what we would consider as far as parents uh as you know letting our kid go back to school and a lot of stuff i i I, be honest i was overwhelmed and i couldn't i mean i picked answers but i really didn't know what to say you know it's like Mm. it's like yeah i want my kids to avoid getting sick but i want them to get their education too you know (laughs) so it's like and then does that mean that my wife does have to, you know, leave work? My daughter, I'm not too worried about. She handled herself very well. I was proud of her, how she did herself, you know, towards the end of the year last year. She'll probably thrive in this, eat it up, because she was able to schedule her own time and do the things she was told to do in her own time. It wasn't rigid like going to school is. So she was able to adapt and do it. And I'm sure she'll be able to adapt to whatever comes up this time. But there's all these things going on in my head that, you know, I haven't been able to watch the plan and what I get to choose or what, or what I don't get to choose. Obviously, you know, it's like, here's what we're going to do. And your kids got to fit into it. And I'm sure that I'm not saying they're not thinking of all these different things either, but they have to fit it to the majority. And unfortunately, Sam doesn't fit the majority. He's the minority. And that's what I worry about. Yeah. And and Tim, my, my heart goes out to you, man. Like I, as the dad of a quote unquote special needs kid, uh, with Isaac being on the spectrum, like I know that, you know, if he went to school, like I, I'll just be honest with you, like we're when we go out to to stores and stuff, we're all masked up. 
right? Like, but that's, we don't go out a lot and he doesn't go in the stores a lot. Um, you know, 10 minutes at a time, basically, you know, we're not taking him on like some big shopping trip with us, you know, if we go get groceries or whatever, but, um, if he had to go to school and sit seven hours a day with a mask on, he wouldn't make it. Yeah. He fidgets too much. He, he plays with his face too much. You know, he, he, he couldn't make it. And that would just become another distraction or another thing that he got in trouble for. Uh, and so, like, I'm thankful that we're able to do what we do and homeschool. Uh, but I get, like, people like you, you don't have that option. Like, or that option takes, like, a dramatic shift in your life. And I know that, like, our listeners are facing the same thing. And this is not a typical topic for Nintendo dads. Like, I get that. But it's a reality of what we as dads are facing uh, the world over right right now. You know, Gary, what about you? Is your daughter, I know you have a daughter, is she in school, preschool? What's the plan over there? At the minute, it's the summer holidays and the kids go back in September as normal here. So things will be open back up. Um, I'm, I'm assuming with some social distancing things and some, you know, staggered opening times and stuff like that but yeah they're back in september is that a, is september like a typical time for that yeah, it is, yeah yeah okay so you you six, get, six like, weeks off over the summer yeah you're a month out mm. and like I, i'm correct in in saying this and you can correct me if i'm wrong but like you guys as far as like the united kingdom you know you guys are on the downturn right it seems like or are you guys still going up in cases? We we, we were going down. Uh, I think we're going to just start going back up again now. Um, I think we're heading towards a second wave soon. Is that because, like, are you seeing more things open up? Yeah, we released, pretty much released a lot of lockdowns. The shop, uh, like, restaurants, pubs are open and stuff like that. So it's, it's very eerie, like, going into Pizza Hut and having to log on to the internet on a smartphone to put your order in and... Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's very strange. Can, but can, can I ask a question? Uh, and just about like how like and this this is my ignorance, I guess. It's, it's totally I see what's going on in our country versus what you see going on in your country. Do you see people over there? Are they wearing masks? Are they taking it seriously? Or is there a big pushback like there is here in our country? Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be mandatory to wear a mask whenever you go shopping now. Um, only from last Friday. Um, but there's still the superheroes who don't need a mask and the only thing that will kill them is kryptonite. But um, So when you so say you, mandatory, you, like your country, countrywide. Yeah, you have to wear a mask. Nationwide mask. Yeah. So that, was that a governmental mandate? Yeah, um, for shops. Good for, good for you guys. Transport, you guys. yeah, you yeah. have to wear a mask. Yeah, it's, it's that way in Kansas too. In public public buildings, it's mask on. Otherwise, see, they, we have the, my my favorite are the ones who wear the masks like this. That doesn't help you. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they're, they're, that, their nose that always makes me always makes me wonder how they wear their underpants. <laughs> For those who can't see, uh, uh, the the Gary, nose is Gary. You may be hitting on something here. They may not be wearing underpants. Oh yeah, or they have certain parts popping over the top. Let's just leave it at that. So for those who didn't couldn't uh, see what I was doing because of the audio version, I, I put a napkin over my mouth, but not my nose. My nose is still completely open. And then, 
And then you've got the chin strappers. You know, yeah, I've seen that too. Down under their chin. Uh, we have. Let me let me kind of just sh- tell you where we're at. Like the the total population in my county is somewhere around twenty eight thousand people for the entire county. All right, so multiple little towns and cities. The county to the west of us has a population of almost one hundred thousand. And my city that, has 65,000. That's just the well, city. Let me say this. Let me say this. This, this kind of tells you the, the, the condition that we have right here is that out of our county, we only have about 63 less cases in a 28,000 person county. Only about 63 less cases than the 100,000 person county next to us. Wow. Yeah. Earlier yeah. this week, or, or earlier, yeah, earlier this week, it was, uh, and over the weekend, it was only a gap of 21. And so people like that live here are not taking it seriously. And we had our first death uh, today in our county. And I, and I wonder if that will wake people up and make them understand that it is real. I mean, it. you know, you would think that an explosion of 300 cases in four weeks would help people you know see that it's real and like if i if you hear like me talk about that and you're like wow he's really upset about it it's, yeah because it's affecting people i know it's affecting people i love and i i for the most part i don't see a lot of people caring about it. so uh, you, my wife you, sorry Tinter, no, go ahead. just had your first death in the county just yes yeah yes. see you you're at the very early stages of it then right because I we, don't know well, if you because remember, we're but... because we're so rural, yeah. Because we're so so small, I think, yeah. Because um, yeah, like where I live, uh, literally the town that I live in, uh, was one of the first places to report a case in England, mm-hmm. and that woman sadly passed away, and then it, two weeks later, it just sort of escalated a little bit. So it, it's it's a terrible thing to go through. Like you know, it it is. It's it's really bad. And if if it if it helps in any way, just wear your damn mask. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Just wear a mask. Like it's it's not tough. Well, don't. I mean, you know that they're doing that so that they can eventually microchip us and track us wherever we go. It's yeah, five G antennas are, are the thing causing it, right? Right. right. <laughs> so we to, need to. Okay. All right. Hang on. We need to get off this topic. Yep. We do. Before we we all say some things that we may or may not regret. Well, but well, you know. before we do off, go off topic, I wanted to share my the population of my county just so we could put it into perspective. What your what your what is your normal versus what my normal is. We the population is almost five hundred and forty thousand. Of oh which there was almost 5,000 confirmed cases and almost 100 deaths in the county. Wow. Y'all, here's the thing. It, like, if there's any doubt that it's bad or there's any doubt that it's real, uh, please get that out of your head. It, it went through my entire family, my entire family. And I'm not just talking about like my family. I'm talking about extended family. On my wife's side, 15 people infected in less than seven days. It's it's like that. And in, in our case, we didn't know we had it until everybody was already affected. So 
just just be careful, love each other, be good to each other, social distance today when we, you know, like we went out today uh, to vote, actually, uh, or and wore masks and went to the restaurant we were eating at in masks. Of course, we didn't eat there. Um, I got some Chinese food. My wife got some Mexican food uh, from a local, both from local places. Uh, we were the only people in masks in the entire two restaurants. <laughs> and the Mexican yeah. restaurant was packed. People in every booth, people in every seat. Um, the Chinese restaurant was just go in, write your numbers that you want from the buffet on a box. You can't even get to the buffet, hand them the box. They hand it back to you. You leave. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, which which reminds and, and me of what so, you said. Uh, there's an election in my county on Tuesday. I need to remember to go to vote. Well, we did early voting, so that was – I can't go stand in line. I don't want to do that. Uh, let's talk – let's let's get back to some more happier topics, right? Let's talk about a couple of the upcoming events. There's a – I couldn't find the button for a while. That Hey, that's okay. It's probably going to happen this weekend, too. When you play Tetris 99, the 15th Maximus Cup is uh, happening – starting right now from when you're hearing this on the audio version uh, uh, to August 3rd, it is themed Paper Mario and the Origami King. And uh, uh, if you know anything about these themes, uh, they're not coming back. So if you want this theme, you need to get it this weekend. 100 points will get it uh, for you. And so that's going on this weekend. Also coming up very soon, the ARMS North American Open uh, 1v1 matches begin on August 8th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Registration is open. You can go to uh, battlefy.com backslash arms. That's battlefy.com backslash arms, uh, where you can register to be a part of this uh, and uh, play some arms. By the way, arms is awesome. This is a general um, Nintendo Switch PSA right here. ARMS is awesome. If you are a new Switch owner and you missed ARMS two years ago, go back and pick it up. It's a fantastically fun fighting game. Uh, characters are super cool. And if you like Min Min because she's in Smash, well, that's where she came from. She's from ARMS. And uh, don't overlook it. It's a little sleeper hit for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, speaking of games, let's talk about what we've been playing. <laughs> Actually, before we do that, I wanted to quick talk about uh, mention something about Tetris 99. I forget who it was. Sorry about that. But in our Discord, someone says I wanted I want to set up a a lobby so we can all join in and play the same game together, kind of pre pre game the event. And I plan on starting Thursday at ten o'clock central. And I'm like, I would gladly participate if I wasn't recording a podcast at that time. <laughs> right. Uh, that's been that's been. So Super Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so hopefully people uh, played and watched tonight, right? Or played and listened. Right. Although other people anyway, can do that. We hope I can't. They played. We're a little. We're a little bit more busy. <laughs> right. Uh, Gary, we. It's, it's been a while. Uh, I would love to hear what you've been playing. Oh, I hate games. I don't play them. <laughs> that 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 they're fun. Well, you're on a video a game problem. podcast. Hang on, I thought all podcast hosts had to say that video games are terrible. I thought that was the topic on Twitter this week. That's the that's the new that's the new twenty twenty topic. 
yeah. So um, I've been playing a ton of Minecraft. Um, my daughter's recently really, really got into it. Uh, I started her um, a world uneasy. Uh, she plays it on the Xbox. Um, so I split my attention on it between Xbox, PC, mobile, and Switch. So whatever's convenient at the time is where I'll play it. Um, unfortunately, the Switch doesn't let you play local LAN games with with um, the other consoles, but we I've been playing on PC with Xbox local LAN with my daughter as well. And uh, we managed to... I say we... She managed to kill the Ender Dragon, so she's finished it on an easy file, uh, which I think is an amazing feat for a five-year-old. And um, that's awesome. It's just so much fun, right? And Minecraft is one of those games where, like, it's easy to snoot at and easy to dismiss as like a kid's game. But once you start it, it'll get its pixelated, squarey mitts and take a tight grip and suck your eye in, especially when you start messing with redstone, which is essentially wiring, right? And it is it is an educational game. Um, it does teach you about farming and where food comes from and wiring as well in redstone and basic engineering and stuff like that. And seeing my daughter pick up, like, farming and knows that the crops need the water and the light and that you have to wait for them to grow and stuff like that, Seems pretty basic, but it's something that is is really a fundamental lesson, even even if it's easy to dismiss. But she's also made a few contraptions to push things out of the way with pistons and wiring. So that is a lot more than me at five years old, who is probably still pooping my own pants and playing with Lego. Yeah, um, she's, she's giving some Mario Legos out this week, right? She's <laughs> giving some electrical engineering practice in. But yeah, she's basically introduced to engineering. Um, so that's Minecraft. We all know it. We all love it. Steve for Smash. Make it happen. Um, and the <laughs> other game. I'm down for that, Gary. I'm yep. here for that. I've been, he would, that, I've been he here be for that for a while. He would be amazing. And just imagine that Can level. Can you imagine that level? Can you imagine yeah. the stage? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> stage hazards with the Ender Dragon. <laughs> Something to look forward to. I think it happens. would be one of those that transitioned. Yeah. Into yeah. Different between mm. the different biomes. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Um, and other than that, I've been playing the Bioshock collection, which I don't believe any of you guys have talked about, right? Nope. So, No, I picked up the Borderlands collection, not that one. Mm, I have it, just haven't played it yet. Bioshock collection, um, I'm the majority of the way through the first game, and despite people who will tell me to get good... It's a very hard game, in my opinion, and it's it's not very hard just because the enemies are hard or anything like that. It, it's basically I'm going to get the bad stuff out of the way before I get to the good stuff, right? Because there's a lot of stuff that I think people don't talk about with Bioshock, and the one is that it's aged, so the aiming mechanics for the guns are terrible, and there is no motion control to fine aim. Um, and other than that, it has a terrible death mechanic where if you get killed by uh, mainly this big, uh, like, you've seen them. They're, fa- they're a famous baddie called uh, the Big Daddies, which are, like, guys in big diver suits. And they are a terribly hard baddie. Like, you, you fight them, the chances are they will kick your ass and you will have to go and fight them again. The death mechanic in it chips away at their health. So if you've if you've took half their health off, you die. They've still only got half their health. You have to run back and you'll find them. They'll be there. 
Um, but any ammo that you spent, any money that you spent buying upgrades, any health that you've acquired and used up. So you have a health bar that that will deplete, but you can top it up with med kits. Um, if you don't top it up with a med kit, you die. You've still got your med kit, so you can keep topping it up. But if you've used them all, you've used all your ammo, you've used all your money buying med kits, whatever, uh, then it's all gone. And you start back from the restart point with very little resources, very little ammo, and basically you just have to keep running back to the baddie, taking a little bit of health off him, dying, restarting with the respawn point, go back to the baddie, die, and it, it carries on, and it can become very tedious. So I just want to let people know before they, point, huh? before they dive in to, to buy Bioshock that it is an aged game in that way. It is, it is a kind of uh, just a basic port of the old games. So it's not like fancy graphics or anything like that. But the graphics do look good. Like the detail in the world is great. The environment's great. The, f- the sense of horror in it, which is a lot of uh, another thing that people don't really talk about, but it's more of a horror game than it is a shooter, um, is, is also brilliant. Because as soon as you hear the footsteps of some of these bigger baddies, there is definitely a time where you should have wore your brown trousers. Um, <laughs> and the story is really good as well. Like there, there is, it is a bit hard to hear sometimes because everything's done through audio communication, and so you get this little box in the corner of the picture of who's talking. Um, and some of the sound effects can be a bit, a bit louder than that sometimes. But the story is great. The dialogue's great. Um, I just kind of wish they would have tweaked a few little things. But uh, overall, it's a great collection. You get three games, right? I mean, I'm only through the first one, but I've heard the second and third one are also good. The second one, not as much, but still good. Um, So it's definitely worth the money. There is better places, quote-unquote, to play it um, because the other consoles had an actual, like, redone version with a lot better graphics and stuff like that. Um, There is minor graphical updates on the Switch one. But um, I can't talk about that because I didn't really play the original too much. But uh, it's basically more of a port for that one. Uh, it, so far, I am enjoying it. Now I knocked it down to easy because um, things die without using all your ammo and just having to smack them over the head with a, a, a wrench. But um, it just 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 a, a caution to the tail on that one. Like it, it is difficult if you keep it on normal. Um, like I said, uh, send all you get good comments to it's only Gary on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure I'll ignore you, and uh, <laughs> and yeah. So um, I'll, I'll let you know a bit more once I've finished up the whole collection. But at the moment, I, w- I would I would recommend buying it if you're into that era of gaming, um, like early fr- Xbox 360 era ish, um, and you're okay with the fact that it might be a bit dated. So if you if you like stuff like Skyrim and you liked the Dark Souls, then you'll like it as well. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, uh, I'd, I'd say if I had to rank it right now out of 10, I'd probably give it about a six or seven because whereas it's good, it's got, it's definitely showing flaws. Um, but Hey, I mean, you, you won't be buying this to be the most up-to-date game, right? You'd be buying it because it's a franchise that you've missed on a very good collection. at a decent price. Exactly why I got it for awesome. Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hey, it's nine years late, but at least it's here. So did uh, you right? play the original? By the way, just just sorry to interrupt. I played I played the original Bioshock on Xbox 360 and got about twenty five percent of the way into it. I found it to be frustrating as well. Yeah. Uh, however, 
I played Bioshock Infinite to completion and loved it. It's amazing. One of my favorite shooters of all time. Yeah, that one was uh, more action-based rather than horror, right? I fell yes. completely in love with it. Uh, I played so, Infinite as well on my PlayStation 3, and I really liked it, but I did not finish that one. Yeah, I used the original Bioshock as my once-every-four- or five-year reminder of why I don't like first-person shooters. I <laughs> rented it on a PS3. I don't know what percentage I got in. I think I maybe played three or four hours, and then I'm like, yeah. I'm done. It's it's not a very good shining example of a first person shooter. I think it is much more about the environment and the horror than it is first person shooter. It's like some of the controls are weird as well. Like you, you know, nearly all modern shooters, you're used to uh, click the left trigger to aim down the sights and the right to shoot, and Bioshock just completely throws that out of the water. But you have to click the right stick down to go into first to aim down the uh, sights, and there is one. Heck of an auto aim on that as well, where it just sort of snaps to the enemy. Um, but yeah, it, it, like, to, to go with that, Jesse, I would say it's a very bad example of what a first person shooter is. It literally is more about the story and the. Oh, I understand that. It's just, that's my kind of my, my, one of my running gags that, you know, I, I don't think I've ever played a first person shooter I liked ever since 1992. So. <laughs> I tried. I played the original Wolfenstein 3D. Didn't like it. <laughs> you need Link's crossbow training. I played that. Didn't get. I didn't get much time into that one either. <laughs> Tim, what you been playing, bud? Uh, besides the usual usual stuff, um, uh, you know, Animal Crossing, of course, with the family. Uh, a little bit further in Paper Mario, not that far, because I started playing some other games that I've done some uh, streaming on, which was the Carrion game from uh, Devol- Devolver. Um, that game is just crazy, <laughs> and I like it a lot. Um, and in the stream, it was just I was cracking up at some of the things. This again, this is the game where you—it's the reverse horror game they call it, where you're the monster. Who's escaping uh, a test a testing area, and you're killing your you're killing everybody that's in your way, essentially. All the scientists that have been testing you, anybody who's working at the facility, you're you're killing them, eating them to grow mass, um, and and move on to try to find your your way out of there. As far as I can tell, so. I've been having a blast with that game. It's uh, again, I've done a video on it. I think it's about 30 minutes long. Um, probably not even that long. If you cut out the beginning and ending of it, you know, for getting it started, it's a stream, you know, from getting it started and getting it ended. But um, I'd say, give that one a look. It is a game that you will not play in front of the kids, obviously. Um, Cause lots of blood and gore and just and, and don't watch the video in front of the kids either. <laughs> so, but it, it had me cracking up too. Maybe that's a bad thing, you know, <laughs> six sense of humor type thing. Well, it is um, like 16 ish bit type of graphics. So it isn't photorealistic gore. R- it's, true. It's comedic gore. If, yes. If and there it, is it, such a thing. And I don't know if I'm saying this too much or not, but it seems like most games I've been playing lately have been Metroidvania or Castleroid type games. And this one has that Metroidvania feel where it's uh, 
you're going through, you get to a save point, you can save it there, go on and, and get new abilities so that you can go on to a new area. Um, the only thing that's that I haven't unlocked yet or seen yet, because I know there's still some areas on, on my HUD that haven't unlocked yet, is a map. So I don't know. Right now, I haven't gotten to a point where I get a map, and that's the thing that's missing in the game right now. But again, I haven't gotten that far. What I've played so far, I've had a lot of fun, and I know there's other things I need to unlock. So um, it's definitely what I hoped it was when I first saw the trailer for it. The other game I was hoping for would be good was Crisis Remastered. Again, played a little bit of that this week and streamed it. Excuse me. Um, and uh, I, it is, it looks great and makes me wonder why some of these other companies who bring first-person shooters to the Switch can't make it look this great. Um, and I know Saber Interactive is behind this one as well, bringing, uh, working with Crytek to bring this to the Switch. But it, it looks great. I When I was playing it, did not have any slowdowns from what I could tell. Again, I didn't play it for very long. I just started getting into the mission, uh, figuring things out. Um, but I was having a lot of fun with the shooter. And I, I like shooters like this. I mean, I one of my very first ones is the first Doom in the, in the 90s. Uh, opposite of Jesse, I guess. I like these type of games. Um <laughs> Uh, not all of them grab me, but I have a lot of fun with it too. So, um, and, um, sorry, I just got caught off guard by what Mecha Dragon was saying. Simple Tim, they're too lazy. I must've missed something behind there. I'll have to, uh, he'll have to explain himself there. But anyways, the ports, I think about why other people can't do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking of outer world, right? But the, uh, Graphics were just, oof, they're tough. But luckily the story makes up for it, and that's why I had fun with that game. Um, and was still and still having fun with that one. And then the last game I streamed just yesterday, I think it was, uh, not including that it's after midnight here in the in the, uh, Eastern time zone, but uh, Lost Wing, I was playing that. It's a spaceship uh, adventure action game. It's... At first, I thought it was like a shmup, a shoot 'em up, um, but it's basically a speed run through um, a corridor, essentially, with some really good music. Especially if you like electronic music, you can actually switch to the different tracks you want to listen to while you're running through it. But the goal is to get as many points as you can through this corridor by shooting objects, collecting points, collecting orbs, avoiding obstacles, avoiding things like. The, the course spinning on you so and reversing your controls, which gets me every doggone time. I, <laughs> that sounds unpleasant. Um, but uh, you you got to get through that corridor as fast as you can because you have speed controls to speed up or slow down. Uh, and if you run into certain things, depending on how you hit it, you can lose a wing and but still continue. And that's why I think the game's called Lost Wing because you can fly without a wing but it also affects your flight. So if you lose, say, your right wing, you can't move to the right very fast, unlike you can if you were moving to the left. So, but then you can regain, like, repair uh, icons while you're flying through the uh, corridor and repair your ship, and then you're back to normal. Uh, but basically, you're trying to get the highest score of getting through that, that uh, 
corridor and you get uh, leaderboards that you can check out after, you know, seeing how well you did. Uh, the game released today, actually, as of, like I said, it's after midnight here in the East Coast uh, in the U.S. So 31st, it should be released and out there in the eShop. I don't remember the price at the moment. I think it was $7.99, possibly on sale for $7.19. So, um, and I think that includes the UK as well. It was there for that price. Um, but yeah, it was it, it, it's a very interesting game and it's not one I will delete right away. I think I'll actually keep playing this one too off and on. So a lot of times we'll get some games that I won't have time to play. So I just kind of have to delete and move on to the next one. But this one I'm going to hold on to and see how far I can get through it. So that's what I've been playing. Awesome. Awesome. So you've been pretty busy. Jesse, what have you been playing besides Pokemon Go? Because we know you've already talked about that. Right. Um, the only other game I had to, to talk about was uh, Paper Mario or, or the Origami King. I, I rolled credits on it the other day. Then I went went back to fill in a few of the holes that I had. So I ended up with a full 100% collection of everything you collect on every zone. So if you look at the map screen, everything's 100% down the line. Which, with of the number, you get 15 trophies total in the game maximum. I have 10, and I don't think I have the patience to try to get them, the other five. One of them I actually put in an effort, like uh, the getting all the coins on the on the rapids. I tried five or six times, and there's that there's that one area near the end. I've never figured out how to get there to get those coins, so I'm like, okay, I'm done. So, <laughs> so I've I've tapped out. I'm I, I've pretty much done everything I can do with that game that I'm willing to do, and. Hey, Jesse. I, yeah. Question on that. Uh, in regards to getting these 100% or these trophies or whatever, do you think this works well for compared to, say, what PlayStation and Xbox does with the system-wide tr- trophies or achievements, but they're doing it, Nintendo's doing it game-wise, game-specific? Well, normally, I don't care about the trophies in like, when it comes to PSN, uh, but uh, it is some, fun sometimes to go in and like compare with your friends, like like if you if you if you know someone else, one of your friends is playing the same game, you can compare like in PSN at least, you can do a side by side comparison about which trophies you both have, which ones you, none neither of you have, which one is one or the other, and they're date stamped so you can see you know who if you both have the trophy you can see who got it first. So I think that some of that is a little fun, but. Uh, but you kind of yeah you kind of need that to be at the system level, but with that data backed up and available in the cloud, so your your friends can access it as well. But the the fact that yeah, since it doesn't exist on the system, the fact that it does exist on some games is nice. It's just you kind of have to do your own manual comparison. You know, actually talk to people. Right, share it on Twitter or something, a screenshot right. or whatever. But, <laughs> I think it's weird though that the fact that they have a, a Nintendo game has tro- in-game trophies. So why don't they have in-system trophies? <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought that was very interesting. I do like it though. It's, 
that they're doing it that way, but it is a little bit harder to share and compare, like you said. So, yeah. Gary, I mean, I know you've been playing Xbox a lot. Uh, um, do you do you do anything with achievements and stuff, or I'm mute? I turn them off. I turn achievements <laughs> okay. off. I, uh, I I hate the notification pop-ups that appear over games. Like I hate it on the Switch. I turn the Switch notifications off as well. Okay. Uh, I think it detracts from from your focus, especially when you're in a cutscene and it goes. Somebody's <laughs> online. It's like. Oh. All right. That, I miss I, what they said now because makes of that. Sense. So yeah, I turn them off. I turn them off on PC. I turn them off on Switch. I just turn that. I turn them off. I, don't, I really don't care about notifications that much. I think it's just pointless bragging rights. Um, I know that people like them. That's that's completely on them. It's fair game. But for me, I just I just don't see really see the point in them. They don't really do anything. So now I turn them off. Some people call also say it's a way to add value to the game too. So. Just yeah, to do those type of things. I, I can see that, but I think it's like it's basically mission modes, which I've hated okay. in games before. When it's like go back to the same level and collect so many coins, or yeah. go back to the level and don't die. Go it depends on the game. Don't jump. So like when yeah, I played, it's when I played King's Quest five years ago. I that one I did the majority of the trophies, and I would. It's an excuse for you to make sure you see everything in the game because mm. there are things you can miss. You know, a lot well, of the I'm trophies gonna, okay. are just because you died in a specific odd way. You could never have died that way to never get the trophy, and that's you to still complete the game. But, I want to add to that, though, because a lot of people say that Switch misses out because of this, but the people who program the games program those achievements in. So even though the Switch doesn't have achievements baked in, they could always still put the achievements in the game and have the game's own achievements. So it doesn't make a difference. It's not really a valid excuse. Right. The only difference is, is your friends aren't seeing the achievements on a, on a console scale. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's partly the reason why I don't like them as well is you'll always get some crazy one, which is nothing to do with skill, nothing to do with how good you are at the actual game. It's just a happy coincidence. Well, like you have to die, but make sure that you land on your nose, something like that. It's like it also depends on the writing. Because another example from the King's Quest game that I think was my favorite one is you. You do. I don't remember what the, what action you do, but you have you do the same stupid action ten times, twelve times, and the narrator who's uh, now I can't think of his name, who's Doc Brown. Um, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. So he's the he's narrating this, and every time you do it, he says something more and more obscure in a "Why are you doing this?" type of tone, and you, you do it the, the final time, and he says, "You kids today must want achievements or a trophy for doing this every little thing you do." Blink. You got a trophy <laughs> for doing that event. <laughs> yeah, it's I, like I. I think that just just to throw my, my um, little opinion in here, I think that even though I don't care about them, they should be on a, on a system level. So hopefully Nintendo next time, it's not happening, but next time <laughs> achievements. Yeah, we've. I know that's been brought up a lot too. So and I thought I thought their stamps uh, yeah. system in uh, what was it the Wii Sports Resort uh, or or like Mario 3D World had stamps, right? Yeah. I like their stamps. Yeah, but you, yeah, like I like that you you earn those at different points during the game. 
Uh, yeah, so they were effectively the trophies of the game. Right. And yeah. they did have an yeah. external purpose. So, Marty, what do you think Although, of the whole thing? Well, I think that beating a game is the trophy itself. Like, I, I think we've gone a little too crazy with the, with the whole, I've got to have achievements in my game, you know. Um, you know, I've heard it before compared to the, to you know, it's basically an EPing contest, you know, just like, how many achievements do you have? Oh, well, that must mean you're a superior gamer. No, I just don't play a lot of games, you know. I mean, like, whatever. I don't need achievements to tell me I'm good at video games. I mean, uh, I think I think there's a little bit of a back oh. pat, self back patting and grandstanding. Oh, I know I'm lousy at games. Like my my thing. My no thing number is, of trophies is, is going like to fix said, that. What Gary said is they they take away from the moment of the game. Like you know, you've just done something really cool, and here's the cutscene, and boom, and then it stays there for. 30 seconds to be sure that you see it. And basically what it all comes back to is that little hit of dopamine, right? That you get when, when it pops up, like a notification on your phone, it keeps you going. It keeps you playing. I, 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 in, in some ways, I think they've been detrimental to gaming. For me, I like them uh, system wide because especially because I can go back and use it for history purposes to be able to go back and say, Oh yeah, I did this game and I did this, that, and another thing in that game. So it's more of a reminder, kind of like a journal in a way that I like. And that's the way I I look at it is using it for kind of journaling my gameplay of that game. Like I look back at the uh, Jedi Fallen Order game. I like that I got some of those achievements, especially those ones that popped up and it was like, um, I got to use some Jedi skills and got one that was really funny in my eyes. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then when I went back to look it over, I was like, Oh yeah, that one made me crack up, you know? So where some people may use it to go and search them out to get that platinum or whatever. uh, That's fine. Go, you do you. For me, I like it because I like it as history to be a, a, like I said, a journal of how, how, how I did in the game. And that's why I wish Nintendo would do it system wide to be able to do that and share and look back on it and say, Oh yeah, I did. I did beat that game where I played it and got to that point or whatever, you know? So I like in PSN, it tells you when you get a trophy, it tells you the percentage of players who's gotten the same trophy. And that's, you know, still surprising to me. It's like you beat the first world on a game and it'll say 75% of the people got it. I'm like, how can three, one out of four people not play for an hour and a half. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but it happens. And then that's, then that number goes down, you know, at each major checkpoint, but the decrease is less. So it's a logarithmic curve until you get normally like, like less than 5% or so getting the platinum. Unless your name is Persona 5 Royal, then it's like 15% of the players have platinum. And that is apparently a, one of the easiest games to platinum if you like Persona. It, don't you think, though, that this opens your eyes up to the industry because you, they release all these like 100 hour RPGs, but even the most simple popular games, so something, you know, along the line of new Super, like Super Lucky Style and stuff, when you're getting achievements and you see that there's like a very small percentage has even got like the, the most easy achievement ever. Doesn't doesn't it make you think that maybe games are getting just stupidly too long for the for the majority of people? 
because you got to think like a lot of people are buying these games and hardly any of them are actually seeing the endings and the, the true end to the stories and stuff because they're so long. Because for me personally, like I'd prefer, I prefer a 10 hour game to a 300 hour game, except for Breath of the Wild because it's the best game ever. You want more of it, right? But, um, uh, in terms of RPGs and stuff like Xenoblade, love Xenoblade. It's very long. And by the time you start to get about halfway through, you start teetering off because it's just, it just becomes like, you know, a chore to get to keep going, keep playing, keep carrying on. And I think that, uh, achievements do kind of, they also worry me in ways. Like I'm not anti achievements. Like I said, if, if I think they should be on a system level, I think if you like them, that's, that's brilliant, fair play. But, um, they do also worry me that about the stats that people are seeing and the, um, Obviously, game developers get these stats back anyway, in some way or another, right? They're going to see people's play times and where they've got to and stuff. But it, it is an eye-opener to how many people actually do so little on games. It's almost as if they they buy them, play it at an hour, put it away. And I mean, you see this on the Switch when you go through your friend library. There's so many oh, games yeah. that say, play for a little while. Oh, yeah. I got a ton of games that I've touched once or twice and never went back to it. So I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm guilty of that too, and, and I agree with you. Yeah. I normally like the smaller games, but you know they're like like Dragon, you know, Dragon Quest Eleven is probably one of my favorite games of all time at this point, and that was 120 hours, and yeah. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Gary uh, has to leave us, and so uh, Gary, we want to thank you for being on the show. Thanks for getting up early. Uh, and uh, giving us a laugh. We we always love it when you're able to drop by. No problem. I mean, I've got to get back from Kyoto. So, I mean, you know, to, I can't, <laughs> I've got to get the news leaks right? back to IGN for next week. So, Pear, chat to you soon, mate. Uh, everyone else, <laughs> oh, have a fantastic podcast, the remainder of it, and uh, hopefully see you in a, a couple of weeks. Good day, sir. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> uh to, to add just a little bit here uh, to the to the end of this achievement talk, here's what I think I would rather happen. Uh, Tim, you brought up a good point. It, it kind of uses, like you use it to remember what you've done in the game. Uh, I would be more pro-achievements if it was, hey, instead of getting points or a trophy, it recorded your moment during that game, and then it said you, got, you did this, and then you could go back and watch it whenever you wanted to. Yeah, the PS... PlayStation does that. When you get the trophy, it records that moment. Maybe not a does it? Or a at least an Im- at least an image, not a video. Yeah, yeah. I would I would like just a, a small video. You know, just thirty seconds. Hey, you did this. Uh, now, obviously, that probably wouldn't work for like certain story beats, like you know, oh, you rescued the girl, you know, or whatever. But uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that would be cool if if it it's was something you could set up to do. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, let me talk a little bit about what I've been playing. There's a couple of games I finished this week. Panzer Paladin, I finished, put about seven hours into it. Still highly recommended. Uh, just a really cool game. And there's a remix mode that you can go through. It's kind of like New Game Plus that you can play when you finish. Uh, and there's some speed run. There's actually a speed run setting that you can use. And there is a forge or blacksmith area where you can actually create weapons for the game and share them on the Internet. And download them from other people. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, fin- also finished uh, Paper Mario. Uh, I put about 25 hours into it and finished it there. Uh, and I'm done. I'm like Jesse. I'm not going to 100% everything, but I, I found a lot of stuff. But I'm 
like I'm done. I'm not going to go back and fill in everything or grab every little thing. But I, I got my I got my enjoyment out of that game for a week. And yeah, it's uh, really good. Really, really good. Uh, been playing clubhouse games, uh, like I said earlier in the show. Uh, but also today I downloaded uh, Sagrada. And I wanted to talk about this game because it is a it's a fantastic board game uh, that I have in my collection. Uh, but it is available right now on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it is uh, $15 on the eShop. And it is from uh, Dire Wolf Games. So what is Sagrada? Well, in the game, you are building stained glass windows. And the way that you do that is from a pool of dice that are rolled at the beginning of the turn. You and the other players draw those or draft those dice that then go in the slots on the panel that make up your, your stained glass window. Um, and so what you got is, is like four rows of five columns. And a lot of those are free for all. Like you can put whatever you want to in that space, right? But some of them have specific colors and specific numbers. And so when you go and you put your dice on the, on here, uh, there's three rules that you have to follow. Number one, you have to place around the edge of the panels first. Number two, every die that you place after that has to be either adjacent or diagonal to a die that you've already placed. And number three, every die that you place after the first one cannot be, if they're adjacent, cannot be the same color or the same number as a die you've already placed. So take, for instance, if your first play is a purple six, then next to that, you would not be able to put another purple die or another six of another color. And so the way that you draft these die is to go in um, like a reverse snake draft order. So like if we were playing and Jesse was the first player for the round, he would draw, he would draft a die. I would draft a die and Tim would draft a die because he's the last player. We go back in reverse order and then Tim would draft his second play I would draft my second play and Jesse would draft his second play last. And then from there, each turn, somebody new is the first player. So eventually you get that moment where you get to draw two at a time, but it's like every third turn. And as you play, the way that you get points are you have a private objective, which is uh, usually or, or is going to be like add up all the the numbers of one certain color. So like in, on the round that I played earlier, it was my private objective was all the blue dice that you use, you add the total of those up at the end of the round, and that's your score. But then there's also public objectives that change with each time you play that have different things like have all of the same or, or have all different colors in a row, and you get five points for each row you do that on or have uh, different numbers, don't repeat a number in the same row, and you get six points for that. And every row you do that on, you get six points. So by the end of the game, you've scored all these bonuses, and there's tools that you can pay for and use with um, with things that may or may not give you extra points at the end of the game, whether you've used them all or not. Does each player play uh, on the same grid, or do they each have their own grid? No, you. each player has their own panel. Okay. So you're working on your individual stained glass panel. Uh, and all of this is wrapped up in this like Italian Renaissance style art, you know, and it's just, it's a really neat package. I actually have the app on my iPad and I've played on both uh, enough 
that I know that I really appreciate playing on the Switch better because it's in like a, a landscape format and not in a portrait format like I have to play it on my iPad. Uh, and one thing I really like about this game is most board games that go digital like this don't have great tutorials, but this one has an excellent tutorial that thoroughly teaches you how to play the game. But about halfway through that tutorial is halfway through an actual game or at the end of the tutorial, it's about halfway through an actual game. And they kind of are like, hey, uh, go finish this round if you want to, you know, so you can play around and you can try it out. I highly recommend it if you like dice games or drafting games or uh, there's local play and there's also online play. And with the local play, you can either just play a game against the AI or there's a campaign mode that you can go through where you actually do different, um, you know, like different missions and things where you're trying to get a star rating at the end. Uh, and usually you're against two different AI players uh, and the conditions change and all that. So it's, it's really neat. I mean, I, I would think that you need to be a board game fan or be a fan of dice games or uh, cause I mean, it's, it's half like dice rolling, half strategy, right? Cause you've got a plan because at the first, you know, when you're putting your first couple of dice on there, um, it's really easy. It's like, oh, I can put a blue in here or put a, you know, whatever. But then by the end, unless you've been really strategic, you can kind of work yourself into, uh, I don't have a play here. And then every one of your um, pieces of your panel that you don't have a stained glass in at the end or a dice in at the end count, counts against you at the end of the round. And you don't want that. You want to be able to complete that panel and uh, rack up a big score. So it's called Sagrada. Um, you can look it up. It's in the, it's like, I think it's like in the oh, yeah. row down from recently released. Um, it's a I added surprise it to my wish list. <laughs> I did not know that this game was coming out on Switch, but I was very pleasantly surprised because I was thinking just the other day, I was like, you know, there's not been a lot of, um, a lot of board games lately. I, I wonder if they're not doing well or whatever. And then, so, boom, Sagrada. You said this was multiplayer. Uh, I can see it says up to four players. So is it just local or can you do multiplayer online? No, you can play online. Yes. Okay. And you and you can play up to four players uh, on the same system as okay. well. Okay. Which cool. is, is really cool. Uh, so, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's you can go check it out. Um it, maybe it's not for you, but for me, board gamer, it is. Uh, this is actually a game that my wife and I love to play, and uh, our board gaming group of friends do not like this game. And so I'm hoping that this helps me be able to actually get to play it more because uh, we might hop into a game of it on the Switch instead of getting it out and fiddling with all the dice and you know doing that at the table. Well, guys, that's what we've been playing. We've got a couple of questions from our community, so let's turn on the community spotlights. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, a couple of uh, comments and uh, your comments and questions from Discord and Patreon. And I believe, Jesse, we've also got a voicemail this week, do we not? I, I didn't see it if we got one. Okay. Well, we may have to play it next week. I don't. I don't get personally notified anymore. So if if it comes in through email and ah. someone reads it and I d doesn't tell me about it, I don't see it. Well, we will. If you send us a voicemail this week, understand we're not ignoring you. We just didn't tell Jesse to pull it. 
We were ignoring him. <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll that, that, it, that's uh, what happens when you have four, four or five people reading the same email account. Right, right. So uh, we'll get it. We'll get it next time. Uh, from uh, question from Discord, third strongest mole asks us. Uh, as all of us scratch our heads wondering what's going on with Nintendo at the end of this year, some might be thinking there just isn't anything coming in the year will end with a whimper. What one big announcement could Nintendo make, doesn't have to be likely, to change that conversation completely? Breath of the Wild 2 releasing this year, Mario Kart 9, Switch Pro, ARMS 2, price cut on the Switch and Switch Lite. What do you say, Tim? What is What big announcement does Nintendo need to make to turn this year around. Oh, <laughs> I mean, those are pretty good choices right there. Breath of the Wild 2 releasing this year. It was a holiday. Some of them I can't see. Uh, I guess, what did he say? Dream, dream, anyways. Um, but, uh, Mario Kart 9, Switch Pro, ARMS 2. Price cut on the Switch and Switch lights. Yeah, doesn't have to be likely is what he said. Yeah, that's right. So I think I think what would definitely bring it out is um, is getting everybody's ho- what they wish for. And that was the Mother Trilogy to come over to Switch. All three Mother games, Earthbound games, whatever you want to call them. All of them coming over, English version, whatever. Uh, a trilogy coming over, I think would be, would make up for a lot of people's wants. Maybe not, people might not, not everybody would probably pick up that game, but at least it it would, I think, kind of like, oh, finally we got what we wanted type of thing. I think that would be a big one. I would probably buy it, even though I probably wouldn't play it, but, you know, I would buy it. (laughs) You know, yeah, we, we I we, I tried playing Earthbound with the Retro Rewind, and that didn't last long for me. I tried Earthbound Beginnings, which you know the original Mother One, when that was released on Wii U Virtual Console, and again that didn't last long. But that that game had problems, uh, which is probably one of the reasons why it was never released here until then. And you know, I, I've heard like Zach loves Mother Three. I've I've tried playing it from time to time and haven't gotten far. But you know, I, I would, I would definitely would try it. But again, it, I probably wouldn't get far into it. But it still would give them money to say for them to put forth the effort of actually doing it. Hmm. Yep, I would yeah. definitely add it to my collection. Uh, I think for me, it would be uh, the rumored 3D Mario All Stars. That would yes, save this yes. year for me. Yes. Um, if that that's more realistic Mario, than mine. <laughs> if that was Mario sixty four, if it, especially if it was Mario Sunshine, and yes. the two Mario Galaxy games, uh, and Mario three D World, I would be all about that, and that would save the year for me. Like I don't need anything else. Just give me um, inject Mario Super Palooza. Mario three D World. What? A Mario Palooza. <laughs> yeah, like I, like seriously, like just inject. Mario 3D World directly into my veins. <laughs> I don't need anything else. It's, it, yeah. So, so that, that, while would, you're, that would do it. While you're mentioning that, one of the things I want to mention is this this game here, and I'll get to my point in a minute. This is Assassin's Creed 3, <laughs> and it came with both 
both both the council version and the Vita version of the game, you know, the Liberation game. I think they could do the same thing with Mario 3D World, have the main council version, and then come with the uh, 3D Land for the Switch the same way. Oh, I like that. That's the way I look at it. They'd have to change up some of the bonus. I think they'd have to change up some of the bonus puzzles in a bit. Those that one that required 3D to solve without just random guessing. But the majority of the game didn't require it. Those are just the special rooms. Yep, that's true. That's true. I'm sure they Uh, could do it. And that's a good point. And or maybe this out here. Maybe that's a feature of Switch Pro is 3D. Oh, <laughs> Switch Three D. Yes. Uh, um, over on uh, over on Patreon, uh, one of the comments from today's poll post, uh, Jesus Samada asks this. It's like, or, or says this. It's like Nintendo has let us down completely for what's left of 2020. Yeah, there are still some games coming sometime soon in what's left of this year, but their communication with consumers has been abysmal. I understand the pandemic has affected so many people, but updates of no news now are better than the joke tweet of water from Origami King. Like, where is their mindset right now? I understand why they stay tuned, or I understand they say stay tuned, but I, for one, appreciated Metroid Prime 4's announcement, and they at least need to do something similar to that now. Give us something. Rant over. Have a great show, guys. Uh, Believe it or not, Jesus, I'm right there with you. Like, it's... It's time to break the silence. Like, there's no, at this point, at this point, there's no point to them waiting, at least in my mind. I don't understand why they're waiting. I don't understand why they think that might be a good idea. Uh, there is so much, like, here, here's, here's the genuine honest question. And if you're out there and you disagree with me, here's the genuine honest question I want you to answer is, what is Nintendo saying right now to make me spend money on a Nintendo platform instead of buying a PS5 or Xbox Series X and games there later on this year? It's not time to say that yet. It doesn't matter. It is time to say that. It is absolutely time to say that because we've seen the Xbox games. We've seen the PS5 games. We we know they're coming. We know they said holiday 2020 why do I need to spend money for Nintendo when I could go when when these other companies? Let me be honest. Sony's making a great case for me to spend my holiday money on a PS5 and Spider-Man Miles Morales, and I, and I love Nintendo. I'm, How much money are you going to spend? Am I being? How much money? Well, that you spend? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's the part I. I'm with you. I want to know as a fan, I want to know Nintendo, what the heck are you doing? What, what are you going to come out with? But the business side of it, I try to keep in mind as well is possibly not saying they are doing this, just possibly they're holding back because once they know what PlayStation is doing price wise, what Xbox is doing price wise, what the heck is going on holiday wise, other than just holiday 2020, then they can come out. Here's bang, bang, bang. Here's what we're doing. Drop the mic. That's what I'm hoping for. Again, I mentioned this before, too. If a lot of this hope doesn't happen by the end of 2020 and we go or do our 2020 show, you know, what did 2020 look like? I'll be the first one to say I'm disappointed in Nintendo. They didn't do what they should have 
and I'm let down. But I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because of the year we've had, because of uh, what the possibilities are. So I'm hoping for the best that they are holding back to because they're waiting for PlayStation and Xbox to do their thing, to fight it out, and then Nintendo's going to be like, hold my beer, here's what we're doing. That's all. <laughs> you, you know, here's the thing, Tim, I agree with you, and I think that makes perfect sense. But what I get tired of is people's, is people using business as an excuse for, for, for not holding them accountable. Like, I, I mean... You've got this, you've got this year where you've got six months now, basically, right? Where we know nothing and blame it on the coronavirus all you want, but the other companies are getting it done. The, the other companies are showing stuff. Uh, and all we've had, like the only communication that we've had over the last little bit and without beating a dead horse is that like a really weird, Treehouse about Paper Mario and Bakugan and uh, <laughs> an eight minute, an eight minute um, mini direct. That's it. And I like, I, I agree with Hazes. Like, yeah, stuff's coming. We know that. Yeah, we get it. Nintendo's not going to, th- there is no way, there, there is not a snowball's chance in hell that Nintendo lets th- this whole year go without anything else. But right now, right now, they are making a huge mistake. But okay, That's so just, this is where, this is where I, I don't want to get get it wrong here. That I understand your point. What I want to understand though is they're not doing it right for you, or you don't think they're doing it right for all the consumers. I'm, all the consumers. If you read anything directed toward Nintendo. Over the last month, it's been, what's next? What's next? What's next? Everyone's saying it. And it's not just keyboard jockeys on Twitter. It's reviewers. It's websites. It's analysts. It's everybody. I mean, it's at this point. Next week, it'll be the investors if something mm -hmm. is said. Yeah, exactly. And so here's my, my point is this. Knowing that two big guns are on the horizon. Yep. And knowing that you already have stuff in the pipe, just spill it. Just say it. But you, uh, that's, they've got to. I'm sorry, you keep saying they've got just to say understand. it. But do we do we have the knowledge to know when that moment is? Like we can guess and but sit here and say, they have do it to now. Know. What are you waiting for? When well, they have to know that this summer was super disappointing for their fan base by not having E3. Yes. They have to know that it was super disappointing. And on top of that, you defray, like, I'm I'm thinking if I'm Nintendo, I know it's disappointing. I know it sucks that there's not going to be a digital presentation, but I'm going to defray that by communicating consistently about upcoming things. And we, for the first time since the era of the Wii U ending, we don't know what's coming next from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And so it is very well within our rights as fans and very well within our rights as people who care about a company that has shaped so many memories for us that we're a little bit nervous and we're a little bit angry and we're a little bit upset 
because what are you doing? Right. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm bad with surprises. But, like, this is not the year to be like, oh, let's surprise them. Mm-hmm. This is the year to. This is the year that if I, if I'm at the head of a company, uh, my motto is inspire confidence. And, and I really feel like there's a lot of people who are going who right now are the their thought is I'm walking into that investors meeting next week and I am not confident. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not confident in this company, D- despite the track record. Like I get it, and I know everybody's like switch is so like gangbusters, blah 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 blah. I get it. That's great. Yeah, you can't find a switch anywhere. That's fine. But where are the games? Where's the plans? Where's the and one more thing, where where's the showmanship? That's all the things that Nintendo is known for. And so, and, you know, for two and a half years or three years, however long you, you, you know, you want to up till the pandemic, I guess it was three years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 When, okay. I'm going to use this illustration for, uh, as sports fans, right? Okay. I was in college my freshman year when Mark McGuire broke the home run record, right? And the thing about it is, is people watched Mark McGuire and they were excited about Mark McGuire because they knew that every time he stepped up to the plate, he was probably going to hit a home run, right? He performed consistently. That's where Nintendo is right now. For three years, they've been Mark McGuire (laughs) and they've (laughs) just been hitting it like homer after homer after homer after homer. And then all of a sudden, oh, man, we found out Nintendo's taking steroids. <laughs> do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden, he can't perform. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he they're not doing what they're – and so all of us who suffered through the Wii yeah. U drought, so we go back to that. I've said turning this several into, times. Nintendo's turning into KC at the bat. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm afraid of. Like – for all of us who suffered through that Wii U time, now like I'm like, okay, what, what's going on? You know, are they are we defaulting to that? Like, really, when I, I guess as a leader of people, I have always been told, and I have always tried to practice transparency. I was told early on when I became a leader of people that, and, and in the position I'm in, that people don't care how much you know; they care how clear you are. Clarity matters more. Clarity inspires confidence. All right. So the more transparent you are, the more confidence people have in you as a leader. I don't feel like Nintendo is being transparent right now. Definitely. Like either come out, either come out, either come out and say, we don't have a lot for this year or come out and say, Hey guys, we've got all this stuff. It's about to blow your, your brains out. One or the other. Uh, I believe in the South, we call that. And I can't say the word that I want to say here. Crap or get off the pot. Right. <laughs> so one thing I haven't heard you mention yet, though, is the whole COVID thing and how that's impacted everything. So I haven't I understand we've given a pass for a lot of things. And I know we're probably tired of saying uh, given that pass. But I haven't certainly heard any of that of what you no. said. No. And uh, but but I, I, I kind of did. Okay. Uh, I want to rewind you to that Microsoft and Sony have both had presentations with multiple games Mm -hmm. that have all been developed in some part during COVID. 
Well, th- let me go back to those examples. PlayStation is at end of its life. Xbox killed off their three their their last system. They're killing that off and trying to prepare for the next one, which they said they're not going to have any major new releases for even at the beginning of that system's launch. So they're still affected, but they're still trying to get their new systems out the door. Now, and yes. this is where I go back to where Nintendo has mid we're in their mid life cycle of this system. Um and I think that there was already a slow downturn we were getting into and then COVID impacted that already downturn to to get ready for the last half of the switch, which made it even lower. But I also hold in my opinion and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, Marty, that I'm trying to make you think like me or anything like that. I respect your opinion totally on this. I'm just trying to let you know that from my point of view, I disagree with what you're saying. I Because I, I guess I'm giving more hope to Nintendo that, yes, I will be super disappointed in the year that I gave all this hope that they are going to actually do what I think they're going to do, which is they're going to announce things that will fight off these two new systems coming off in the holidays that they're going to drop this, that, and another thing. Um, and maybe it's just this and maybe not that. And the other thing because of COVID, but they're going to drop something that will fight off these two new systems for the holiday. And that's what my hopes are. And I think I'm giving them the well, benefit of the doubt, I guess. And, and and that's the thing is I want to be hopeful. Like I, 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 I want to see a light at the end of the tunnel, but that means if you want to do that, you got to turn the light on. Yep. You know, and I totally like, agree I think, with you I with think, the transparency too, by the way. I, I totally think that we're saying, that. I kind of feel like we are saying the same thing. We're just saying it in a different way. Uh, like I do have hope that Nintendo does have something. It, it, I, and I'm, I'm serious when I say this, if it's just one game between now and the end of the year, I'm okay with that. Because I <laughs> Mario Stars 3D, yes. COVID, no, even if it's not that, COVID sucks. Yes. And I get it. But like, I just think it's kind of a, it, it, it kind of looks bad that here we have the two, you know, the two main competitors, the two big heavy hitters, and they're coming out swinging and uh, the collective whole of Nintendo's fan base is saying, we don't know. Well, and that's the other thing we just have to remember too, is even though, and again, I know we've always talked about this with Nintendo, we have to remember they're not out there to compete with Sony and Microsoft, even though they are. (laughs) They say they're not. Even though they say they're not, they are still fighting against them. Uh, They got to, you know, they wanted to have that market share. So even though they're not going for the graphics and all that kind of stuff, they want that market share. But yeah, I mean, they, they definitely want holiday sales. So they yeah, need, they know, need to be though, transparent in this day and age, yeah, too. I agree with that. 100%. Even even uh, though like Walmart and Target here in the States are not you know going to be open on Thanksgiving this year, um, they're still going to be Black Friday sales. I mean, Black Friday has mostly been transitioning online over the last couple of years anyway. They're going to want a, a, a cut of that of that generous, generous pie at Black Friday. Yeah. I think Black Friday uh, is going to go more digital very, with you know fewer like doorbuster sales because they don't yeah. want people because they're going to, you know, they're going to start 
backing people up and saying you can't enter in until two more people leave type of thing. And so make, that'll make the, the in-store lines even longer than they look. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and Tim, totally get it. Like, I respect you or I respect your, your opinion on it. I respect that you think I'm wrong. <laughs> and, and that's fine. Like, maybe I'm just looking at this from the spoiled only child first world problem perspective, but I just, <laughs> like, I'm, I, I'm holding out hope that we hear something this week about what's next or whatever. I'll be, know? I'll be more clear on what I disagree with. I just, a lot of it I agree with. It's the, they need to tell us something now part I disagreed with. And that's what I was just trying to say is that. Well, I don't think like we I have... said, the spoiled only child. The <laughs> and you remember, I'm, a, I'm a single child too. So uh, um, yeah, I get I it. I struggle with it. I got it. <laughs> uh, I struggle with it. Well, well before, that was an excellent question. Before we move on, I, I haven't answered this one yet, but I, I've, yeah, I have. Oh, sorry. I, that's yeah, all right. we've, uh, we've pretty much cut you out. I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. So I, um, I'd like to see, and again, I don't expect any of these to actually show up. Some some of them are maybe, some of them is a pipe dream. But uh, Pikmin 4, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see like Dragon, the second trilogy of Dragon Quest games get ports. And hopefully with a better art style than what the first trilogy did. I, that was, it kind of went bare bones. You know, like an, an upscaled NES models, which worked, but hoping for something more like Super Nintendo-y. Especially since these games had Super Nintendo releases in the past. So well, that, that should be possible. And then my, my Hail Mary that I highly doubt I'll ever see, but would love it if they did it. A, a Final Fantasy VI remake. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Because back when they in the DS era, they had they had Final Fantasy three and four done in poly, poly, polygonal graphics, and I expected six would be the next in line, and that never happened. So you know, maybe Octopath graphics. Uh, I don't, I don't, there's something about that yeah. art style it still bothers me. Uh, I never okay. did play that game. I, I'd like to see it. You know, worst case scenario, give it to the the low poly models similar to what they did in the DS remakes for six. Better solution. I'm not saying go all the way over to what they did to Final Fantasy VII remake, but somewhere in the middle. Some you know something with high polys. Cool. Okay. That's cool. Uh, here's a couple of uh, other comments from our Patreon. Uh, Christopher Logel asks, are you guys going to discuss the huge Nintendo data leak or giga leak as I have referred, read it referred to Jesse? Uh, I think this would be a great time to queue you up as a dev and as a programmer. Talk about why you said earlier, you hate this type of thing. Uh, yeah. Why is that? Well, you know, as a Nintendo fan, yeah, this is a gold mine of information, but as a dev, it's personal property. It's it's IP that was stolen. Uh, there's a you know a reason why these this some of these things weren't publicly announced because Nintendo you know may, doesn't want to do it. Some people are using the argument of it's for preservation, but this stuff was already preserved. If it wasn't preserved in the Nintendo archives or whatever third party archives these came from, 
They couldn't have been stolen. So they were already preserved. They just weren't publicly available. So, you know, you know as a dev, I'm, I'm not a fan of this. You know, I don't condone the, the illegal activity that was done to acquire this information. Uh, I like how Gain explains handling it. They're not sharing any images, any models, any, any animations, or where they can find this information. They're just saying this stuff exists. So if, if you want to dig around and find it on your own, that's on you. And if you get in trouble for it for some one reason or another, that's on you too. Yeah, so uh, talking about what's out there uh, and that's kind of come out of this leak, um, there's been uh, some Super Mario World concept uh, art that's out there of Yoshi and Bowser and some other things. Uh, I believe uh, some stuff about Luigi being in Mario 64 was found that basically helped them put a 24-year-old puzzle together <laughs> that they've been working on for 24 years uh, to Just, try to uh, prove that he was in the game's code. Well, doesn't mean he was in the release version, but even if he was, he wasn't accessible. So is he still really in it? Yeah, that's true. Uh, there, I know that there was an enemy from Super Mario 64 that was cut that they've been able to patch into the game uh, from there. There were uh, early prototypes. Uh, I can't No, it wasn't Blarg. It was something that looked like a cannonball with legs and arms and a head. Okay. It was weird. Uh, kind of like a King Bob-omb almost. But, um, oh, a bully? Like a mecha bully? Yeah, kind of something like that. Yeah, I heard, the, uh, I heard there was two different the, types of bullies. Um, another leak was some Star Fox 2 characters and art and things like that. Um, yeah, early that versions awesome. of Diamond and like, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl uh, that showed off a bunch of changes that ended up being made to the game. Uh, that Those are the leaks I'm familiar with. Are there others? Uh, yeah, there was a few of them. There's more information is coming out of it every day. Like earlier today, like the, there was sprites of Mario from Super Mario World w with wings instead of a cape, which is probably mm -hmm. explains why the feather is the icon for the power-up. Oh, yeah. Because th that makes sense. <laughs> right. Um, genuinely, like, as a Nintendo fan, I think this is pretty cool because I love, like... Um, stuff like this, but as um, someone who loves Nintendo, I hate that they've gotten hacked like this. Right? I hate that yeah. this leak is happening the way it is. And I don't I don't exactly remember know who got hacked, how or when, but it, it sounds like it wasn't Nintendo directly. It was like a third party repository company that ah and their servers got hacked and their their CVS archives got pulled and that's how they're they're able to go through the source code of old N64 and Super Nintendo games. Somebody's getting fired. Which then it's includes just... the beta builds, because that's that's what yeah. repo code repositories do. They save multiple yeah. oh, there revisions was like a, of, a, of a source code. Yeah, there was also like a, a, a I saw a video of Super Mario Kart beta uh, that had different music and like Mario World that had Super Mario Brothers 4 on the title screen and Stuff like that. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting stuff, but ultimately it sucks that it got hacked. Um, Jason asks us this. Any discussion on the new Stardew Valley physical release? 
Are any of you guys interested? Did you guys play it? And what would you what would take you back to it? Uh, I bought Stardew Valley when it first came out, and I played like I played it for two days, and I was like, "Nope, this is too much. <laughs> I feel lost." Like I was second guessing everything. I felt like everything I did was a mistake. Time was passing way too fast. I got caught up in the mine and the combat in there. And that's all I wanted to do because that's what I understand. I don't understand growing crops or anything. And then it was just like, let's chop down every tree. Let's get rid of every bush. You know, uh, yeah, it was that game and I are not made for each other. Tim, did you play Stardew? No, my my wife made up for that for me because she played that all the way up until actually past the time Animal Crossing came out. She actually didn't get Animal Crossing day one. I had to, I bought Animal Crossing for her to get her so we could play together. Um, but yeah, she's she's was totally into Stardew Valley, uh, and even for Christmas, I got her some of the extra stuff that uh, uh, I forget which company was doing that. They were selling stuff physical items that you could buy like a uh, crafting Stardew Valley book where you can actually uh, stitch some of the characters and stuff. And there were other items in there. And then the strategy guy that she bought that, or she got for Christmas, there was a lot of, she was totally into the game. So like I said, she made up for it for me. So I didn't get into it. I just kind of watched her play and it looks totally do, cool. Do they but, have a, do they have a waifu guide? <laughs> that's possible I, did, I didn't look into it but she cracks me up with the stories about her and her husband and, and her she calls them her useless kids because they just stand there in the middle of the room doing nothing <laughs> so that sounds familiar <laughs> like that's, that's real kids uh jesse did you play starter never so for either of you guys is a physical edition of this a temptation is this something you want no not for someone another who... Christmas gift for her. I don't know. <laughs> She's got it digitally though, so I mean, yeah, she doesn't collect that kind of stuff, so I don't think so. I like, again, I, I have yeah, I mean, three physical games, only because two of them can only be physical. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to find out how to have more digital. So yeah, I'm not probably going to get a. But uh, for those of you who are interested, this is available right now to order on FanGamer.com. Uh, so if you're a fan of Stardew Valley and you want the uh, physical edition with lots of uh, neat little extras, uh, you can head over to fangamer.com and pick up some stuff there. Or, you know, you can go over there and buy Undertale stuff because that's cool, too. Uh, that's They have a really cool collector's edition of Undertale if it's still available. That's one I got from my son. It's pretty neat. Uh, John Cummins, uh, last uh, last comment from Patreon. He says this. Uh, you should discuss an article that Nintendo Life covered that asked the question if of if Nintendo has delivered on its promise of more games since the combination of its handheld and console teams. They throw some numbers out there, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, so if you remember, Nintendo uh, has said that they were combining their handheld and uh, console teams to focus on the Switch and that that would allow more games. Tim has the Undertale Collector's Edition. It's magnificent. I love it. Uh, did you ever open it, or is that just to hang out? No, oh, it's yeah. open. Yeah. I had to play you it. Gotta open it. Yeah, I love that game. Uh, do you guys think that they have delivered on this promise of more games since? Was that uh, really the promise? These together. I don't remember yeah. that actually being yeah. a promise. Yeah, but, I believe but, it was. 
Let's take a look at the website. Uh, well, keep going. Well, what I'm thinking would happen is, you know, Nintendo isn't one in the company to lay off their employees. Yeah, we know this. So I think what they may have done is instead of having more teams of the same number of people, probably decrease the number of teams that had more people in it so they can work on the bigger bigger games. So uh, just this because- article is basically saying that the 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 idea that it would create more games was inferred or surmised, right? Because people I don't, thought, I don't think Nintendo hey, ever said that they're going to be working, they're going to be putting them together, so that means their work output can be even better. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I think the I think the, the reality more is that they reposit reorged the developing teams to have fewer teams with more people per team, as opposed to more teams putting out more games a year. Yeah. I, honestly, uh, if you ask me the other two years, yes. And don't ask me in 2020. <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of hard to tell right here, now. 2020 here's is an some anomaly. Interesting, here, here are some interesting numbers. Let's, let's go through this. Yeah, 3DS games released by Nintendo... Uh, first, so first party games. Uh, this is just for 3DS. 20, 2011, 13, 2012, 15, 10 and 2013, 8 and 14, 21 in, two, in 2015, 16 and 16, 14 and 17, 6 in 2018, and 1 in 2019. Well, these aren't Nintendo developed, right? These are Nintendo published. These are released by Nintendo. Yeah, so these are, these are Nintendo published games, which doesn't mean that they develop yeah. them. So 104. It's a total of 104 games released so, uh, by Nintendo over the lifespan so, of so the 3DS. That, that's not a fair number to use for this comparison. You'd, you'd need to know how many are actually Nintendo developed. So I, I don't like this article. <laughs> okay, well, here's, here's a summary here at the end. It says, for the first four years of its existence... And following the criteria we set, Nintendo was credited with 39 Wii U releases. The Switch has had 57 in that same window, although we'll concede that the Wii U only launched at the very end of 2012 and didn't get a full year. To account for this, we knocked off every Switch game released before October of 2017, and that still comes to 49 games for Switch. Uh, So, you know, they have at this point... Released. Yeah, I don't have a problem with how they're comparing their numbers, but the numbers they're comparing doesn't give evidence to the problem question of does reorganizing organizing the teams do anything? I don't think. Yeah. Well, this goes back Um, to the last uh, report that we read too when they released numbers, and hopefully we'll get new numbers soon, but. I, I was playing around with combining the, the Wii U and 3DS numbers to compare to the Switch because of this, like of the combining of the teams. And I thought I thought, found that very interesting as well. And I have to go back and look at those numbers. But I was looking at it in the same manner. Did, did combining the teams or reorganizing them do anything as far as more output or whatever you want, however you want to look at it, or... I guess when looking at the numbers, did it increase their sales? Did it improve their revenue? 
you know, so just haven't, I'd have to go back and look at that well, again. again. Look at it when we get the new I numbers. I don't think too. sales matters either because you're comparing, you know, back in 2013 or when we say, let's go 2015. So the Wii U is two years old, 3DS is four years old. You know, they have a cumulative total of maybe 40 million units sold. When the Switch has already beaten that. So yeah, I'm not looking at it in that way as far as number I, I guess what I'm looking at it is the is the revenue like they had to they had in order to make money they had two systems going and the 3DS kind of held them up during the Wii U right era right well, so then, well every unit's game game sold of a 3DS game made less money than that of a Wii U game which is less money than a Switch game <laughs> As well, so is that off the top of my head? There's no way for me to explain what I'm trying to get at. I guess what I'm just trying to think of is there's got to be some way to calculate when they were doing two systems at a time. How is that compared to when they're doing just one system? You know what I mean? Uh, is what I'm trying to get at is that's why I was putting in. That's why I think you'd have to compare like the games released, the games. Developed by Nintendo in a in a time frame for Wii U and 3DS together, and the same similar time frame on the Switch. But I don't, you know, I'm sure that someone can find that data. I yeah. just don't want to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. Like I said, my I can't comprehend the right terminology to say what I'm trying to say. But there's yeah, got to be a way to. Calculate. And then unless someone deep dives into the credits to know how big the teams are, that's probably still not going to give us the information right yeah we'd have to have some inside knowledge i'm sure too so that's true but that's an excellent question and uh probably we did not do justice talking about it but um i i would say that that the output is comparable to what it has been in the past at least as far as quality maybe not quantity but quality and probably better in some ways i would think and and i think just like any Council lifetime uh, life cycle will probably see it improve as the switch gets towards its end. Well, I mean, you could even see that in the in the uh, the numbers I quoted from the 3ds. I mean, look at the fluctuation yes. of of amount of titles released. At least you can use that as a comparison. Yes. Uh, well, guys, that has been episode two hundred and ninety. Uh, we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us. An extended version, apparently, because it's almost been three hours. And you well, said that Gary as a joke. That. He said, he, he he said, said that as a joke. On, so we can extend it to three hours. But uh, apparently we actually had a lot to talk about, even though I didn't think so. But we want to thank you for hanging out with us. Of course, we want to thank our Patreon uh, producers and all of our folks who support us over on Patreon.com. Our producers are Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contronio. We thank you guys for being a huge part of the show and each and every one of you over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo dads who supports us on a monthly basis. You guys are awesome. Uh, head over to our website. That's nintendodads.org where you can get all of our social media feeds, YouTube videos, podcast episodes, tweets, social media. You can uh, get a link to our Patreon page and Hey, there's a shop there where you can get brand new Nintendo dads merch. You can buy a shirt, with our brand new logo on it, or you can get the super cool Super Smash Dads shirt that won our t-shirt contest for this year. You can buy both of those over there right now uh, at nintendodads.org. You can find us, or I'm I'm sorry, you can email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or call in and leave a voicemail that we will definitely remind Jesse about next week 
at 929-25-IN-DADS. That's 929-256-3237. We want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used in this show. And we want to remind you, wherever you listen to us, be sure to give us a five-star review and some written words, nice written words, so that people can find us and learn more about all the good things coming on uh, and happening over here at Nintendo Dance. So for Gary, for me, for Tim, and for Jesse, this has been episode 290. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Check you later, Pete. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dance. Two pull, two pull, two pull, two pull, two pull, two pull.